Welcome to Team Rabbit Hole edition 122 with SJ Anderson and Andreas Exertus. You are most welcome. Thank you. Guten Tag. I'm glad to be here. And Anderson, also good to be here with you. Uh, likewise, guten Tag, Alice. Uh, great to be here with you guys. Glad you guys are speaking German. I know that uh, SJ might be able to make a run for Berlin or Germany, given the uh, kind of situation. We'll get into this in a second, but I'm glad I caught it wasn't the 123rd episode. I had made the title Ed Sog pertinent to that, so I'm quickly editing that, Raphael, for the record. Um, but everything else is probably golden in terms of the blip. But this is the 122nd episode, so that means it's the five, the Hierophant card, which is I am the teacher of universal law, the hierophant or the high priest. This is uh, the exoteric kind of side of things. The high priest is being the ex ex esoteric rather. Um, this is the outward manifestation of spiritual truth is the caretaker of spiritual knowledge, teaching others what you know, awakening to a greater understanding of the world and paying attention to the details. Very apropos given what we were talking about kind of in the green room, which I'm sure we'll talk about more of, but Raphael, what would the galactic heritage card be? So 122 is 5, in this case it's 14. Lyra, Seeds of Polarity, <clears throat> past timeline. As humanoid races began growing throughout the Lyran system, the yin-yang principle of duality became more pronounced. At first, the polarities remained balanced. But because our cosmic journey is about growth and the integration of polarity, those polarities had to become more pronounced before they could be healed. Take a look at how polarity plays out in your life today. Do not fear it as you did in ancient times. Learn how to stay balanced even amid the temptation to choose one pole over the other. Wisdom comes from embracing both rather than choosing one side over another. 
Well, that's kind of where it's at. Did that resonate with either of y'all? Every little bit. I was like, just on half of it, I was thinking, wow, it's interesting because you said 122. It was where I'm at, it's 122. Exactly. Or it was when the show started. So I didn't even know you meant the episode number. But of course it is because thinking about it, that makes sense. But the idea of humanoid form and how we're reflective of each other, I mean, that shows up repeatedly in, you know, synchromysticism, we find the reflection. So that was my first thought. I love how it was actually the time for you. I'm an hour ahead or behind you, I guess. Um, and it do, if it doesn't hit anything, that's cool. But we do throw up these kind of landmines to maybe hit synchronistic pockets. I don't know if just tripwiring. Yeah, tripwiring the Dow. Uh, SJ, anything resonate with you? Well, I think about the hierophant uh, and the tor- just Taurus signifying Chris and kind of the feminine um, priestess. You know, it's 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 almost like the. Um, you, you think about the high priestess, right, in the tarot as being like maybe the feminine priest, but there's a, a similar to the Jungian model of kind of the soul. You actually have the seed of the feminine in this masculine hierophant, and the Taurus, uh, Taurus is that femininity, that deep lunar and Venusian femininity that I think can be, you know, instructive when we think about uh, doing rituals. You know, so that's what I'm, that's what that's what jumped out at me. I, I always want to be in touch with my my inner femininity, man. You gotta, you gotta. I just also got a copy of um, Salvador Dali's um, tarot deck. And nice. It is. It really is. It, <laughs> I can admit that. But um, I've got it on my computer. I don't have a hard copy, but I've seen it. It's very. Okay. Uh, it's artistic. It's artistic, but there's also some really essential symbology, and I think that the set is on the hierophant card. But I need to go back and look through it to check. But there's um, yeah, some interesting little stuff going on with the hierophant and then the idea of the grand vizier think of aladdin and that kind of pseudo feminine um you know in a weird way jafar is a bit feminine because he's he's following Jungian archetypical femininity by being receptive and you know even to a fault like you could say like to the point where it's like femininity today has been considered just like masculinity a product of society that we expect of you I mean, to be an object, whether you're a strong man, a pretty girl, whatever, these are just these are just socially put on to you. But the real true ideas of femininity and masculinity have very little to do with what society wants of you. And those are things that are inside of every person. I don't remember exactly what I read because I'm a double Gemini and that's just what happens. But um, what it was talking about was kind of like revealing truth and seeing the world kind of as it is or whatever. Um, and what we were talking about in the green room, I had said that Michael Jackson had been like kind of coming up a lot for me. Um, his soul. Right. And you guys were saying quite a bit that I haven't ever heard. I don't know if you want to rehash some of that, but so we'll go into all of that. I'll just read the okay, intro track cool, cool, cool. as, as Jay is living on the black sea. Exertus is holding it down in Minnesota. It is post eclipse season. And the times are a stranger. Join the team as we shoot the shit with an amazing astrologer and synchromistic and a Jim's put it there woke YouTuber. <laughs> but that's a heavy understatement. But that's good. Well, yeah, I don't, it, looks like, I, it looks like Victor is uh, in is in here too. Did you get in here yet? Uh, Raphael is on the helm at that point. He's a Dane. I see Subs Harvester and not in Grunis Sofa. So you can oh. grab him if you want. Are you, oh, you're real. 
Oh, it's so interesting what kind of information I get related and what I don't, but <laughs> here you are, Victor. Hey Welcome. guys, can you hear me? We can. How's Loud it going, sir? Clear and crisp. Hey guys, I was under the impression it was uh, only going to you be... You were correct, uh, you were correct, yeah. don't worry. Okay. Well, we'll blame Mercury Retrograde, which is no longer uh, happening, but I think when we made all these plans, that was occurring more. Uh, so... Yeah, not your bad, our bad. We're always trying to say. surprise it, Dane. It's just no, no problem, no problem, guys. Um, it actually fits, so uh, no problem at all. How many dikes can you plug with your thumb, and it actually fits? Here we go. So those are the Dutchmen. <laughs> well, fuck. <laughs> Shows Herb. you how even my uh, fucking history, however false it might be, uh, is convoluted. California um, boys and Dutchmen only, but it still it makes sense. I like where you're going with that. But wait, really quickly to to catch up, subs. We just talked a bit about the hierophant card and the high priestess and femininity, and then we were going, we were getting close to talking about Michael Jackson. Um, but there's oh, more that. I, I know you've got a lot things. on that too. Are, are we? Um, sorry to be a bit naive. Are we live right now? We, we are. We are. Interesting. We are okay. The world. Hello out there. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I, you brought up the hierophant uh, card. Uh, so That's the you... episode. Well, amazing, because I know something very specialized about that card. Spill your beans. Do go I'm, on. I'm letting it simmer a bit. No, okay. <laughs> so you see that um, he has a very special hand position, right? He has uh, his Jupiter and his Saturn finger together. So he's um, pointing to the conjunction. And uh, in his what other deck? hand, he is holding a staff or a cross, right? In the Rider Waite, yes. Which deck? In the Rider Waite deck? Uh, and, um, well, yeah, that's a good question. I would think in the common Levi deck. I'm, I'm looking at the Rider Waite. I just pulled it up. He's got the first two fingers and the thumb united with yeah. the ring finger and the pinky finger uh, down. Is that the one you're talking about? And then the staff has one, two, three... Indeed. Kind of prongs. Okay, this looks like the yeah, Rider Waite Smith deck. Okay, cool. One. Yeah, it's kind of like Firebender hand positions. There's a name for this too. I don't, I can't remember what it is. Do you it's, it's the called? sign of benediction. Benediction. Yeah, uh, that's an interesting connection as well. But uh, for the staff, which is really what I wanted to to talk about, I um, have found a lot of different art pieces showing that this staff was actually not a. Um, a symbol, symbolical uh, device, or whatever. It was actually an astronomical device, wherewith you would uh, predict uh, movements of the stars. So it fits his hand gesture, fits the device in his other hand, because the um, the temporal power that the hierophant holds and the spiritual power that he holds is due to his uh, knowledge of the heavens and the ability to predict events and trends and how does he do that he uses his staff to uh, to actually find out when the conjunction is going to occur and that is uh, gaining astronomical knowledge and so it's a telescope it's an ancient telescope it's funny that you mentioned that because there's a bunch of talk of the vatican being the main investor in, a, in these telescopes these advanced telescopes all over the world the lucifer, lucifer. project yeah, yeah the lucifer, lucifer project yeah you know, there's this <laughs> idea too they 
to say, you know, that the church is the intermediary between the human, hoi polloi, the unwashed, and the divine. It's this bridge. So I really like that idea. Um, uh, Operator, please connect me to the Vatican. <laughs> yeah, they have that Lucifer um, telescope, a very large lens. Not the, I thought for a while it was the largest, but I came to it, realize there are a few much larger ones out there. But it is impressive with the specs it has. I think that is really the. It the was specs. the largest one like twenty years ago. I yeah. think that they've built larger ones in the mid two thousand tens. Yeah, but still, Islands its specs one. is uh, really impressive. Still, uh, as far as I I hear, I'm not an expert in these and matters. Any of these other larger telescopes have Jesuits running them, so don't yeah. worry about that. But 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 another interesting connection with the Lucifer telescope is uh, where it is, the land it sits on. It sits on uh, Native American holy land. So that ties in with the Q Celtic story that uh, Ben Analog and I have been, yeah, um, telling our listeners Some in our radio stuff show. About the, the, Gael, <laughs> the Gaels, the Gaelic people, and the Celts, and but more deeply, what we don't really kind of mention about the Celts is that their, their nomadicism brought them as far east as Syria through the court of a caliphate into what is modern day Iran. And up, you know, eventually into England and in Ireland, but that they were aboriginal to England and Ireland, but probably came more from somewhere in Central Europe, perhaps where Austria is today, which ah, but explains Andreas, a lot of redheads. Andreas, you are, uh, you're really, uh, you're not telling the, the really amazing story, right? The, the truly uh, mind-blowing story about this. That's your job. You go right in. No, no. Well, it's our, both of our jobs, but. The the truly revelatory, mind-blowing thing that has, uh, let's say, contemporary value is that apparently these Celts and Tatars um, are directly connected to the military operation that is going on right now called QAnon. Yeah, that's that's definitely something that people people should notice is that there's actually not just this one person who's anonymous, but that there's a group of people in history who have been displaced that are kind of in a century long agenda to reclaim um, their place because along the royal family lines, a te technically those who are in charge right now have less claim to the throne of, um, I forget now, is it Lionhearted? Is it Richard the Lionhearted or is it the King Norman of Normandy? But they, one way or it's another, still debated. Yeah, <laughs> one way or another, they think that they should be a more closely descendant line than the Saxon Coburg von Goth family, and this yeah. has thrown Europe and the world into chaos. As King John the Third will soon replace the Queen of England. Yeah, and there's also another guy from New Zealand, uh, John Wanoa, who has um, a by contract um, a. Yeah, he's an heir to a contract between the New Zealand tribes and one of the British kings 200 years ago, I think. Guys, and that was, quickly, yeah. I just ask you, Stopper, because you sort of lost me. Um, king John the Third. can you just stop there and tell us oh, who yeah. that is? I mean, yeah, because I, I have no idea. Paying that's, attention to that's, the news. That's, yeah, it's fun to put it. That's the thing. Good, because if you were, you'd have missed this. But what's going on is that they've taken the seal off of Buckingham Palace was the first sign people got, minus... What people were talking about on the internet. I mean, the people have been talking about the fact the Queen's old for a while, and who will be the new king? Because obviously, there will have to be in the next year or five, you know, a mm. new 
royal. The thing that's strange is it might not be um, her son or her grandchildren. And when they took the seal off of the door and didn't replace it, they also removed the guards with their red coats and their Afro hats, and they replaced them with people that look like Civil War soldiers in blue with flat hats. And also, don't you forget, when Trump visited Queen Elizabeth two years ago, I think it was, he did something quite unusual. He stepped in front of her. Right. Yeah. And that was, was noted by a lot of people. That symbolical gesture was said by all of the community to be that Trump is taking control over Britain in some fashion or another. And that was quite apparent. Um, very interesting. It was definitely no accident. The idea people act like these things are accidents. It's how <laughs> yeah. is that? It's not physically possible. He you also know, like he stood had... in the like when they, he was on the podium right after. Uh, he stepped in front of her and led her symbolically up that road. He he stood in the middle underneath. Uh, there was like this podium and it had like a triangle shape. And the queen normally stands in the center. And when Trump was there, he stood in the center. And she was to his uh, left, I think. So that was symbolical again of him being in charge. Um, this also gets into why yeah. Trump dyes his hair red, right? Because at this point, he doesn't have natural red hair, and he never really <laughs> did. You look at blonde hair in the earlier pictures in the 70s. I would think it also ties in with the red-haired um, Q-Celts. That's what and, I mean. Um, his, mo- yeah. his mother, Trump's mother, was... McLeod. She was royalty, but raised in uh, Hooverville, kind of like one of the most poor people in New York at the time. And she became um, the wife of a, a successful contractor but at the same time before that her family several centuries earlier would have been celtic royalty and Indeed. so like Trump's jfk to... exactly exactly Fitzgerald. like jfk and even more so andreas it gets even crazier because going through the mcleod line back to their first let's say significant um member of the family line it was a, literally a Tatarian king and one of the more prominent one. It was a Rurik of the Russia, the Rus Tatars, who ruled uh, Kiev and Moscow, that area of Muscovite Tatry. And he was basically the king or the first king of the line who sat on Tatry's throne um, before 700, for 700 years until the Romanovs in the 1600s, more or less. Um, yeah took over the throne so it's very significant that you can trace trump's lineage back to one of the more prominent khans of tartary especially and th- considering yeah. that they they respect like for instance you look at the king of ethiopia in the 20th century Haile the respect he was given as a royal related to solomon and the queen of sheba i believe um superseded the, the royalty of the royal family of england and so they had to treat him with a certain sort of etiquette because otherwise other people wouldn't treat them with their royal lineages mm. you know so so this is why they respect certain kingdoms in you know different parts of africa and in indonesia and in the polynesian yeah, islands it, because it, there, it there are them respect photos of a young elizabeth with her husband <laughs> the one who dare we dare not name or uh, perhaps an inside joke but still uh, they bowed in front of the Ethiopian kings in the early 19... No, sorry. Um, I'm getting the dates wrong. But a long time ago. I have the photo somewhere. And uh, yeah, I just wonder what people knew about Ethiopia back then. What well, was the even, narrative? What's funny is it gets back into Michael Jackson. 
right? Because Michael Jackson was not supposed to be born into show business as a slave. But if mm. you were to look back into his family family lineage, you can find... And he's an RH negative for the record. What? He's a negative? My, yeah, my uh, fiance is RH negative, and she was like, oh, oh he's an RH negative. <laughs> oh, RH negative, right. Mm. Well, so he's, well, he comes from well, West that, African... Because uh, that was mentioned, we just have to, to mention this, right, right. In the current uh, QA non community, like uh, one of the very big Twitter profiles is saying that um, they are doing excessive testing right now because they are looking for the RH negative people because they know that ascension is ahead or integration, whatever way you want to look at it. But some big change, like as in a major vibrational shift, is about a changing to occur. of the guard, so to speak. Get it. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And they want to bypass the morality, like the sin. So they're looking for the DNA of the, and the blood signature, the source code, so to speak, to easy ascension. And that is why they're looking for the RH next. We are the easy. Yeah. So uh, they are the easy um, ascensions, or so to speak. So they're looking for those people who already have that encoded in them. And so they can replicate that, put them into themselves, and then they believe they have bypassed all the. Yeah. We hacked the system, guys. Just briefly, as as we're on this topic, just a second. just to put it into context, so number one, how much are you familiar with the idea that RH negative actually has kind of copper-based blood or something along those lines? How do you relate it to the Basques and the red hair and potentially the giants or royal lineages? Because the impression I had I got gotten it. so far was rather that, uh, you know, also potentially RH negative is in higher concentration among so-called royal bloodlines. But what's your mm-hmm. view on that? So wait, hold on really quickly, just before we get into too, too deep on that, like the Akan people in Africa with West Ghana are both storytellers were the Song of the South and Br'er Rabbit and the giant spider cult that the Bohemian Grove and the Jesuits follow right from South Park. All hmm. of that comes from the Akan people. And the Akan people, they have a lineage where they make an instrument and then they teach their history through music and it's been going on for thousands of years. Well, Michael Jackson comes from the Akan people. So it becomes very interesting that he was a royal bloodline, likely, from the Akan people with copper blood. Oh, that makes so much more sense now because when Diana met him, uh, she acted very strangely. All um, the royals took him very seriously. Yeah, exactly. Also, uh, Even Philip... Even Philip. And it reminds me of how they bowed in submission to, or at least in very re- respectfully, to, towards the Ethiopian royal line in the early days. I wonder if they jump in they here use... and say the, that royal line, um, the Grand Ham, Graham Hancock's, I believe it's his first book that was non-mainstream, is all about how the Ark of the Covenant is in Ethiopia with that yeah, royal they're family. Guarded, uh, it's guarded in that little like church there. Yeah. When, you, when you start looking into 20th century communist African movements and what happened to Ethiopia after Italian fascism, where... Italy itself had a, a very strong tie through the Jesuits to liberation theology. Um, this is why they did that, because in places where they could remove the royal families, it was a lot easier to take things like their obelisk, the Ethiopian obelisk was taken. And then it's been brought back, but it's been, mm. I don't know how to say circumcised, right? I mean, they broke <laughs> it into pieces and it doesn't ever go back together properly now. Um, but Ethiopia is probably where a lot of it, either Ethiopia or Eritrea, because the rivers that run from 
Egypt go down into the Congo. And thousands of years ago, it was uh, Lake Chad and several other lakes in the north. The, the Lake Congo was south. But you could get across Africa. Like the Sahara was is sand-covering lakes right now. There are bigger lakes, paleo lakes, than there are in the Great Lakes region of the United States. Um, the biggest lakes in the world are underneath the desert of the Sahara. So people don't really get this idea of what it was like Dune. to be able to move back and forth so quickly across Africa without it being a desert. Hmm. Well, I yeah. To, to, just quickly, the idea of uh, the Giza Plateau and Robert Schock and all of those guys talking about the age of Taurus. Um, to go back to the Hierophant card, or even the ages before that, some of the age of Gemini, or actually they trace it back to the age of Leo, but that there was a, a verdant, um, you know, uh, abundant green space all over Africa, you know, and so we've had changes in the landscape. So it was green because of those lakes. So it was hugely blue. You have to imagine that some of these lakes were larger than Nevada, you know, larger than um, Texas. There's some, yeah. some of these lakes were so large that the entire community circled around the um the the they had buildings and temples and cities on all sides of it like burning man and then they'd have to take boats across the center of this giant lake to get to each other and then the and they, rivers would flow from yeah. one to the other fast so they probably also had artificial islands out in these lakes uh, well we know yeah, that the, Mex the mexicans did right the aztecs did so the idea that you know that they were connected has become more and more conclusive that we have we look at um ecuador and we see egyptian um, iconography that's nearly identical and so the idea is that there were in Lake Titicaca in Bolivia and in uh, Mexico City which is originally a lake settlements of these same peoples is both fascinating but also becoming closer and closer to conclusive mm -hmm. yeah it's very it's it's stark at this moment like to see all these connections how they're replicated across continents and um, yeah, we're just in the in. I guess we're on the cusp of this going to the mainstream that we that once was a a giant civilized culture that was connected worldwide. I think uh, most people are ready for that. Like uh, even after all the the History Channel uh, programming and ancient alien stuff, right? I I think they're ready for it. Like on a very large scale. So, also, Mr. Yeah. Anderson, Mr. Anderson, you said something interesting about um, the different periods when these um, pyramids and these buildings are aligned to. I, I believe some of them have been obviously rebuilt after the 1800s because of wars and especially mm -hmm. after Napoleon, things have been manipulated. But looking at the really old ones that are lost in the middle of the desert, it's pretty hard to imagine that in the middle of nowhere, somebody went in and just built some fake pyramids 100 years ago. So it's likely yeah. that they really are aligned. You, you even to have such Taurus. stories in the U.S. There are there there is a pyramid. One of the states it was built. They say as a monument to someone who was um, involved in making some of the railroads. I think uh, in the early during the early Civil War. What a great story! Yeah. So so they said they built this massive stone pyramid in the middle of nowhere as a monument to to those people. Um, just and amazing by hand which is crazy if you look at the thing yeah. it's like a bunch of hand lifted stones that are like tonnage it's tonnage of weight well, it's impossible. so does any of you just briefly want to type together the whole rh negative story in regards to the question as to why they would not have it like inbuilt into the royal lineage already 
Mm. Well, looking at blue blood yeah. and crabs, right? So they use copper. Co blue blood crabs are very valuable. I used to live in Connecticut, and in this area, they have these crabs with blue skin, blue shells, and their blood's blue because it doesn't rely on the iron to hold the oxygen. See, the way blood cells work is there's a metal that's being uh, used to create a nanoparticulate that actually can connect to a gas, and then the gas is being transferred within a blood cell. But it doesn't have to be iron-based. In fact, if we were to use titanium and make new nano blood, you could die and, you know, call the hospital the next day and be like, hey, my heart stopped. Uh, and then they'd be like, okay, well, when can we schedule you in? Can you come in on Tuesday? You're like, no, I'm working Tuesday. Well, I'll come in on Friday. Okay. And then you show up and then they just cycle your blood and they give you a new uh, fan like Dick Cheney's torpedo heart. But with copper blood, it's similar. Like you can hold your breath a lot longer with copper than iron, um, not as long as with titanium. But that's why you know. Titanium but do you know is this really tied to the Rh positive or negative? Like in human species, do they actually have copper-based blood? Do you know? It's not. It's not fully copper-based, but the rhesus-negative blood is has. It has evidence that there is uh, it's like higher copper. content of copper. Yeah. And the thing mm. is, it works well with ionic copper and colloidal coppers. And you have to imagine that royals would have been like the queen bee. So epigenetics would have affected them. If you were giving someone ormus, you know, gold particulates and copper right, particulates, right. it's going to affect the way their body works. And let's put it another way. Does copper hold oxygen? Yes, it does. So it would be valuable. And if you were, you know, generationally used to it, then you might not be, you know, copper poisoning is real. So if you're, if you're able to handle copper poisoning is a better question, because if you can eat a lot of copper and looking at these regions where there's always volcanoes, there's always mining, there's always minerals. I mean, the likelihood of their water being, I remember when I was in Peru, uh, no, in Paraguay, the water was just constantly like doing tests full of crazy kinds of rare, valuable metals, noble metals. And <laughs> so it would be in your system no matter what. And yeah, I felt, I felt healthy. I felt more than healthy. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. Metal, metal, metal seems to, to really scare people. They have scared people about metals, right? Oh yeah. And, totally. uh, yeah. So, but it also, it is a, a very complicated subject. Like, uh, as a, not a chemistry major, but at least half a major in biotech, I know that uh, a compound can be healthy and unhealthy depending on charge and, and even like uh, in co-compounds. So it's really, it's complicated. And That's it's not always, yeah. It's absolutely yes, and true. depending the on the form it comes in, right. like whether it's bioavailable and so on and so forth. Indeed, yeah. So all yeah, these things just are, uh, it's a big labyrinth of... Uh, of get, getting to that final conclusion of whether good or bad and takes but a lot looking, of specialized My, my favorite I'd like to share just briefly is uh, Shilajit or Mumio, you know, from Russian mountains, which uh, even to this day, I looked it up. They said they don't know what it really is and how it really gets produced, but it is the thing as a panacea and for longevity and disease prevention in Ayurveda, which mm -hmm. is quite an ancient lore, right? And it contains, there's like some nice, you can get it really cheaply on eBay, really good quality. And there's some, you know, nicer made websites or whatever as well. And they show you it has like carbon 60, it has gold, you know, all kinds of amazing minerals and fulvic acid and so on and so forth. So there's certainly something behind that. 
another yeah. another side of it to look at like to, as a question to see if it brings an answer is like were were monoatomic gold and copper available to the Akan people the royals in Africa and the answer is a, a resounding yes if you start wikipedia on Akan AKAN you can start to see like the rapper yeah totally uh, the name comes from an African tribe near Ghana that had a gold boom, and with the gold boom, they became ex- exorbitantly wealthy, and, and were connected all over the world. In fact, this is why Vikings have Eritrean and Ethiopian-style boats. The boats come from Africa, just like the lions on the shields. They, there are no lions in, in Denmark, unless they're in the zoo, but the Africans brought them. And when you start to see copper, brass, um, the, the copper period predates the brass period, which is fascinating. If you know about copper metallurgy, it doesn't really make sense because to understand how to do copper, you need far more power, like electrolysis, essentially. So um, we don't know how they were using copper before they were using brass, but it's really, it's an open question. But the gold fields of bamboo and burr and Volta, the Volta rivers, um, were all eventually conquered in the 13th to 15th century when they removed the African matriarchies by giving guns and weapons to weaker tribes and to slave traders in Africa. So that they, they started shitty off. gang warfare, basically. Yeah, you, you help, it's like when the CIA gives guns to one gang to instead of another, and then it takes out the gang they have more problems with. So then they sold all their people, especially these royals who survived, which is fascinating, by the way, that they survived this, um, bringing people over, like the strongest people. So that makes you wonder about the royal lines and what they did to keep so healthy that they could survive this. But if it was metals that made it possible, once they got to Americas and started to reproduce, they still, it seemingly, even though they were uh, raped and holocausted and had their culture stolen from them, uh, they continue to do this thing of carrying on musical history and lineage. Motown, baby. Motown, but even again with Br'er Rabbit and Song of the South, from the very beginning all the way to the end, it's still happening. What's what's happened now, of course, is it's been co-opted like everything else. And so music tells you to just try to barely function and get really wasted. But that was clearly not what was going on even in the you know 1800s, 1900s, 20th century. It took a long time for them to... Just to briefly provide a practical example um, about the minerals and how important they are. There's a great website, apparently, 91essentialnutrients.com. There's a guy called Dr. Joel Wallach, and he uh, wrote like a small pamphlet called Dead Doctors Don't Lie. And on the one hand, he's uh, showing how the average lifespan of officially, you know, School medicine doctors is lower than the average population. That was my issue when I started researching nutrition like 10 years ago. I was like, whom to trust? Everyone says something different until I found like some 90 year old naturopath who was kind of vegetarian or something and talked about fasting. I was okay. At least you're old enough that I, I could listen to you. But anyhow, with Dr. Joel Wallach, he's talking about his 91 nutrients and the minerals and how they are actually, and let's say one, very important core foundation of health that has been greatly overlooked in, uh, you know, modern so-called medicine. Reminds me of that meme I've seen recently. I think maybe even the Denmark health minister or whatever's on this meme, but it's like the chick from LA or the US one. Basically, if you look at the quote health of, and I'm not trying to hate on people, but like the people that are in charge of health programs in various countries are it's in not particularly Belgium, healthy looking. <laughs> Belgium and one of the states over there and. 
Yeah, I think California. The states. I yeah, I remember yeah. being in California, the and the the doctors told me that I wasn't allowed to eat any more colloidal copper, and I was the last time I went to a hospital because you know that's just I mean like they don't know anything anymore except for what they're given hotel resort trips by pharmacies to know. And mm -hmm. it's, it's really someone sad. mentioned it's a military system, no? I, maybe even was in one of your videos. Uh, I definitely but... think that the original ideas of medic is where we get social medicine. I mean, most of social services come from original. So, like any new idea, yeah, goes there's from the old a idea. War, war all over it. It's a, it's it comes from the Knights Hospitallers. It's why we call them oh, hospitals. And what they did back then, as through the Jesuit or the proto-Jesuit uh, sentiment through the Vatican or Rome was that they slow-killed people from these hospitals. It was depopulation. And, and it was also uh, useful yeah. for studying people. Like, you, you hear about World War II. God, I mean, like, look at these stork ladies in the Dark Ages. Like, they were really studying how they could kill people and how people die. And what happens if yeah, you bring they one cut trauma. of one disease to another person and give them the disease? Like, how can you transfer a virus? They had to actually mm. try to give it to people to figure out how to do that. It was a nightmare. All, yeah. the, all the words now are lockdown. That's military in prison. Um, there was roving squads to enforce the lockdowns. I was just hearing a thing about the California using military terminology um eugenics you know, to california and eugenics there's a great book because the nazis when they were asked why did you do all these horrible things they're like well we were just trying to keep up with the u.s we had this book <laughs> you know on california and how they were sterilizing basques and deaf people from you know alexander graham bell and kellogg were sterilizing deaf and poor people with radiated kellogg's cornflakes so yeah, I mean, that in denmark they they took unruly uh um, girls and isolated them on an island and also whores and and freaks people they they didn't want to look at they just put them there on that island and basically socially distanced them, them. <laughs> yeah and that's how christiania was born just kidding no no that's actually a, it's a funny story it's something you know like also I, military I, before i awoke to anything like uh, whenever i would um, it's we have these large um, bridges in denmark that connects the mainland that is connected to germany to the the main island where copenhagen is there is a uh, the big Mama. build and the little belt bridge um, that connects it all and um the, the, there is a connecting island on the big belt bridge uh, because it's like two bridges that's connected by a little island in the middle of uh, the main island and the middle island and um that little island in the middle there is called the uh, language island if i were to translate it but spoo language island and it has a very curious uh, lighthouse on it and there's nothing on it besides that and it's all hush hush you cannot get in there um what i always get intuitively because that was the place where they locked down these girls right so what I have always felt in my bones when I drive past it is that beneath that mound and that hill where the lighthouse is, there is some sort of base and it's connected with some sort of submarine. I always try to envision how it would, would look like, but something nefarious is going on there is always what I'm getting. Um, I, I have no grounds to believe here. that other than like these skills were taken there back back when um post world war ii and we all know what you know the intelligence agency were doing post world war ii like it wasn't only the us it wasn't Joy only divisions. germany 
right? It wasn't only um, mind control wasn't only studied uh, by German scientists in the U.S. post World War was probably um, everywhere, right? So, uh, yeah. Well, so the soundbite, the soundbite to take away from the last thing is that no new ideas come out of the military-industrial complex. That's that's corporatism and consumerism and neoliberalism. What comes out is the same ideas, which are milita- military and prison, right? Military and prison is where everything comes from. Social services come from prison. Refugee mm. camps come from prison. Apartment buildings come from Section 8. It all comes from how they run it's prison. It's a legal the- benefit to go to prison. It uh, helps you, right? <laughs> it's a legal benefit. It's a benefit in our social contract. That's how it's viewed. And then the medic. Medic is where we get most of our medical. If you, you know, and this is why the World Health Organization says to be healthy, you have to be working. Literally, part of the idea of not being insane is that you have a job, according to the World Health Organization. So right. this is awesome. It's funny. I just, um, I don't know if you guys ever watched Avatar: The Last Airbender animated series. I, I love that not. show. Oh, dude, I just finished it last night because oh, I saw the M. Night Shyamalan Air, movie. Wind, water. Yeah. Like, the M. Night Shyamalan who, who movie is shit. Uh, well, the film is terrible. No one watched the film straight up and down, um, although it encompasses the first season and the. With it's that on little Netflix. blind girl with the cage. Oh, she's and... dope. Toth? She's dope. Toth is great. Yeah, she's real hip. They're all hip. It's a great show. Um, and it's like Game of Thrones for kids. It's insane, but it yeah, kind of gets me thinking a little about what we're talking about in terms of. Um, historical resets i mean it's getting into that to a degree where it's just like yeah that shows are not all what you about, think it's all about the kingdoms and uh, i mean sorry now i have to mention also the mescaline episode what the heck when saki eats the right. mescaline water that was a trip for eight-year-olds what but yeah the idea of the different kingdoms that had kind of specialized and then they collapse after a century i mean and there's always somebody who has sort of to- uh, honed in on the powers uh, that's kind of cool the avatar and the whole thing being based around um, an astronomical event, right? Where it's like, okay, when the comet comes by, the Fire Nation gets more power. And then if there's an eclipse, they're kind of eclipsed. And the moon, uh, the water tribe can do more. It's just fascinating. So I, I don't know how that ties into what we're talking about, but I felt like it was worth mentioning. I, um, I really think that Avatar is a lot like Avatartaria, you know, because you've got this Ave, Holy Tartaria, Avatar. The Holy Tar, and so the Holy Father also, because Tartar isn't even the word that the Tartarians used. We we use that more now. The Holy Father being the Hierophant. They called it, yeah. <laughs> hey, that was good. But they, <laughs> they called their own language, they called their own country Kitai. Yeah. Which and is also like, with a Q originally, which, which is oh something that, that is, um, yeah, what, what Ben and I have been talking about, how this Q letter and sound has been revised and beaten out of old names and places and and how this letter q has been you know bastardized into something else that tried to change the meaning of it but the really meaning is still the... retained with uh, the saturnian symbolism that goes with q even uh, in hebrew and old phoenician it's all saturn so um we're coming into aquarius that's saturn again q is rising in this on the cusp of uh, pisces to aquarius it's it's all heavenly ordained. Like even when POTUS was inaugurated in 2017, there was um, a heavenly sign, like a biblical sign, um, showing the coming of the Son of Man. I'll get you that, um, Jim. I can probably send you that over Facebook, uh, so you can Do see it. the imagery. Yeah. So it's, like it's it's literally as Q says in many of his posts. It's it is biblical. It is prophecy. Like when. 
when Trump was inaugurated, there was a spectacular uh, once in 7,000 years heavenly event going on and nobody talked about it really. It's amazing because, uh, you know, orange man bad, orange man bad, right? <laughs> like Black well, Gaelic, The Gaelic man. But also this is something I found recently was mea culpa. So mea culpa, one of the symbols used was the copa. And the copa is the 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 phi kind of um, cue from ancient Greece and from the phonetics. So mm. it's very interesting because mea culpa means through my fault and has a lot to do with through your actions, there are consequences, mea culpa. Oh, the very uh, Saturnian, like it's, it very, sounds yeah. like something the Rosicrucians would have adopted. And Indeed. that is also something equally astonishing in all of this uh, Q history, because that is what, what I'm getting to. Like, this is probably what we should call it, Q history. But, you know, to many people, it sounds insane to, to relate Q and on to anything historical. But but as Ben and I have worded it on our show, is like, how can we not, when when everything we we get from this movement, we can relate back to it, like, and well, easily... Taking something as anonymous at face value is a little, especially when something is so like, interconnected the to everyone's The idea of anonymity seems to have appeared either in Rome or in Tartary, and in one of the most spectacular revelatory manners I have ever, like, I, I pride myself for, you know, knowing a lot of ideas. I've, you know, studied philosophy. I know idea history well, well but a new idea came from this when I studied Tartary. So imagine you have this entire empire, right? The Tartary is said to have been, and you have a form of rulership. You have one Khan who is ruling a lot of other Khans, right? And it's only going through fidelity and loyalty and through the submission to natural law. So um, this Khan, some sources point to, was not known. Like Prester John was some sort of anonymous Khan to the people. They didn't see him. They they didn't hear from him. They probably didn't know exactly like, who he was. It's like Hidden Boss, that TV show, where you might be serving pizza with your <laughs> manager. Yeah. And that, that was an idea that was infused into that Tartary literature. Even if it's not true, I found the idea fascinating. So I couldn't find any, like, you know, historical references to anonymity in such a manner before that and it also seems like um there there was like a tradition in poetry early poetry of you know there were a lot of anonymous uh, poets and they get you know um, nemo nemo means no person no name so, yeah and yeah, a lot of po poems were was signed with anon and people made jokes about that there was like this single poet philosopher calling himself anon for anonymous but it seems it's, like it's, it's pre, just funny pre-euclidean pre um somewhere along the lines from pythagoras it seems yeah they started this concept of having an anonymous forum because you so a forum is a marketplace for property and it can be an intellectual property that you're exchanging and it can be exchanged for free or it can be exchanged for positive reciprocity where we both discuss this is a forum right now we're exchanging intellectual property and we're even capitalizing on that and that's positive reciprocity that 
if if we were to have someone here who didn't feel like they would be respected for themselves because they were not a nobleman, they could then uh, execute their ideas in an anonymous fashion and vice versa. Someone mm. who's a nobleman wouldn't get in trouble for suggesting something that was true. So a forum was the original idea. It was a dialogue and discourse that went on in a large format where a lot of people were looking at it. But nobody knew exactly who it was and there wasn't a deciding vote this is the problem anonymity has become useful for voting for people and this is mm. the opposite idea because originally you'd have a forum to discuss ideas and then we would cafeteria pick each other's ideas out to come up with the correct solution and no one would ever say they were wrong because by that point we'd have all ag agreed on what you know we'd all share in what is actually right from all of the arguments so it was never right. to to be a fight and so d democracy uh democracy um democracy said basically that the the individual has to consent by a lottery to the majoritive vote and this is a dangerous idea because this is how socrates was murdered um, they said, you know, they put it to a vote and, you know, Socrates said, don't kill me. And everyone else said, yeah, no, 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 kill him. So, I mean, so self Maybe even Ned Stark. I don't remember Game of Thrones exactly, but it's like, <laughs> he was a good guy. He lost yeah. his head about it. And then there's that queen. Shame, shame, shame. I like that scene. Just throw on your mask, man. You're anonymous and go out and start killing. You know, what I'm just thinking about here is, doesn't this also kind of get into, because on the one hand, I think it's good, if possible, if, you know, someone puts out an idea, if it kind of can be traced, not to prosecute in my view, of course, but more like, you know, to get more background and conversation going. However, it also seems to me like uh, anonymity and like copyright, let's say, are also obviously at odds. I'm wondering how this would play into more recent times or, yeah. It, that definitely seems like it can serve multiple can, purposes. Anonymous can really only, without having someone to represent them and say, okay, well, this person, this church is going, this corporation is going to represent my, you know, anonymously. Then what you end up having is somebody takes control of an, of an idea. And so you don't, you don't do that unless you do copy lefting. Copy lefting is where you say this idea is free and I'm making sure nobody can ever uh, have it pr privately. It's been. I've never heard of comment. that. Yeah. Copy, copy lefting is what Linux is, and GNU, and a lot of things. Uh, Benjamin Franklin. Yes, it's copy, where it's copy It's like open sourcing. The, yeah, but beyond it, because open sourcing is like here you can see the code, you can buy a copy of the code. No, free like liberty, not like beer, like straight Royalty up. Royalty free. Royalty yeah, free. Like Benjamin Franklin poppy, uh, published books on you know, and, and designs for lightning rods and for sorts of things, the mm -hmm. Benjamin Franklin stove, and did not um, patent them because he wanted certain things to introduce to the Industrial Revolution so that they that could That was the Rosicrucian hand that controlled the, um, the level of, let's say, um, the level of potentiality civilization would have in a certain window of time, you can be sure that he had much more potent technologies at hand to deliver to the public. But uh, you can also be assured that he knew that it had to be given in small doses, and they're still doing that. Well, and my contention it. is it's that the, the Rosicrucian order is uh, behind Trump, and it's all Rosicrucianism that is um, delivering this great awakening, and that is the great work. And it is the same secret destiny of America that my, Mandy P. Hall wrote books about. Hopefully it, it's more of a proposition the, the than contention. 
thrown in the idea mm, of the royalty-free. It it, it's just... more like it's not a proposition. <laughs> oh, it's wait, not what, an sorry. intention for them. It's like it's a promise by the heavens. So either someone is going to do the job or someone is not going to do the job. And they're going to do the job. What's up, SJ? It's okay. No, guys, I know it's intense. No worries at all. Um, I just want to say royalty-free. I mean, legally, this is what you would call some of this stuff. Uh, and it's part of the public domain. And I just think that uh, linguistically is very rich with symbolism. I mean, we've been talking on this call a lot about royalty and bloodlines. But, you know, if you have royalty-free information, it's in, in the public. And I think that's one thing I wanted to say. The other thing, I'm ready to play devil's advocate here. I mean, I think Trump's a stooge and an actor. And I mean, I don't I, I mean, I. You know, or, or at least take that side. Like, why isn't QAnon just a Mossad operation? Totally, Trump, that's you, the right you know, question. Oh. I like, I like where this is going. Yeah. Okay, There's... continue. No, I'm just. I mean, so, so to me, this is this would be the case in point. You know, that, that that Trump was hired. He was an actor for 20 years. They were training him for this position. That his role oh. was to project dominance in the. What if I the... told you that most of the really red pill people would totally agree with you? And still say, yeah, the Great Awakening is coming. How do we reconcile yeah. that? Well, no, I, would, I would be curious to be what 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 do they mean by that? Then what does that refer to? Have you seen, have you seen to? that movie because... Caddyshack? Like where the where where there's these young um, golf cut, cut caddies that like end up hating the rich dudes who run own and use the camp. This is kind of what happened to Trump. He was a Caddyshack for the Royals. He's a goyim, right? Like his job is to turn on the lights on Shabbat. It's not because they can't do it themselves. They have to follow Talmudic law. Shabbat goy, Sabbath goy, yeah. He's a really well, essential. He's an essential also, character. A lot of people are, but at some point, he probably didn't like being excluded. There's a lot of the proofs in the pudding. But the proofs is in the pudding. More like it, it's the... more like it's more clear cut. Like the case with Trump is um actually there's a very good solution for it, something that explains it. Like the 20 years, it's actually 40 years he has been acting yeah, 40, in the public. Years he's been acting. He's a lifetime actor. Quickly, I think it's instead of focusing on Trump here, let's just pull back. What's the point? All right, what's the great awakening? Will will humanity be freed? Will the people be yeah. freed? Or are we going to be slaves yeah. like we've been my whole life and my father's life, my grandfather's back? No, I don't think life. anybody we're, can we're be gonna freed get by someone else. I think everyone has to kind of liberate themselves. And just if I may say just briefly and just on a very, very practical level for me, I mean, I've, you know, seen people making fun of Q, all kinds of people really investigating it. And there are major, you know, things that at least you can tell, you know, Trump and Q and all of that and Flynn and whatever, they are connected. But to me, it just generally wouldn't make sense that you would have a psychological approach the way they're doing it in a meotical fashion, like so Socratic method of pulling information, asking questions, showing all these connections. They may still have, you know, potentially, because I don't know, ulterior bad motives or whatever, but still, I don't really see the gain in having, in teaching people critical thinking skills, basically, and just starting digging for themselves and thinking for themselves. And even they themselves putting out information like this information is part of the campaign, which also from that level, as much as Secret Service agent I can think myself into, makes sense. But again, on a baseline level, wouldn't make sense to show all these connections and have start people thinking in that systemic uh, right. approach. You, you, that's the wrong propaganda approach. They wouldn't do it that way. But what they would do, maybe it's that similar, is attack a group of the public. The only question is, why would they pick royals who are pedophiles? Because we all know that's a real thing. I hope. I mean, it is a real thing. So I hope you know that. 
And yeah. why would he attack the Royals themselves? Is it, he doing that? That's what is. I said. I don't That's think he's irony. doing that. He, I disagree. You, he's not you doing read, that. Have you, well, he is. Have you read the human trafficking executive orders where he's pr- taking all property away from human traffickers? Have you seen the Listen, man, um, when they arrest when they arrest the royal family and and they like go Prince after Andrew. people that yeah well he's but not arrested but anyway, when they, when they go after the networks of pedophiles that Seville was involved with uh, you know Prime Minister Heath and others look I'll start believing it I mean Gislaine Maxwell they haven't they really haven't this is my critique okay. of Q it's the storm is coming the storm is coming well let's no, see it. I haven't seen it Epstein to me is a symbolic just quickly he's a symbolic arrest first of all he was probably extracted didn't even die that's all fake there's no pictures of of gislaine maxwell there's no pictures of epstein they appear to be body doubles it appears to be a large-scale bloviation to make people think something's happening when nothing has happened there's no evidence of that so that's my that's my point here show me the proof where's the beef where if you look at the sealed indictment andreas 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 now you're gonna let me deliver the background to this guy so he can understand the context Okay. And make so, sure we're not interrupting each other. You can flash the lips real quick and people know you want to talk because nothing sounds dumber than everybody at once. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, since this is such a trigger-worthy subject, I'll try to make it quick. Um, 40 years ago, there was some FBI MOs written and now they're declassified showing that the FBI um, tapped Trump on the shoulders saying that they wanted someone who was believable in the business community to honeypot high, highly level operatives within the mafia. How he would do that was he would do business deals with them to set up, you know, in Atlanta and Atlantic City and New York, great casinos, great hotels and whatnot. And this was a long time operation. And Roy Cohn, which Trump has been, you know, criticized for having a relationship with, was certainly a part of it. And he knew Epstein. He was the mentor of Epstein, right? He mentored Epstein in how to to do this blackmail operation. Now, for better or for worse, it looks like Epstein was set up over 15 to 20 years ago because what happened, like, take, like, go into 2000 and then... Epstein gets a an investigation that was probed um, through like um, the FBI because a girl was you know um, was starting to say and spill the beans on Epstein um, for an incident that happened at Mar-a-Lago, Trump's hotel. When that happened, Trump immediately took distance to Epstein, banned him from all his property. And he was the only one among the elite that went in and testified. And the um, investigators, they said he sang like a canary. He told them everything. And then that investigation goes on and it comes to a conclusion. Epstein is freed and they didn't really get to make this public spectacle about it back then. But he's also take, escaped. He's escaped he also out escaped, of the United States. Yeah. Yeah, I'm familiar with all also this background, that. by the way. I know all this. So, I mean, in my... 2009, I'm sure I do. But in 2009, there was another um, persecutor on the case. And he wanted information. And he tried to look around. And the only guy who wanted to give him information and also, according to him, gave him useful information was Trump. And I get that. 
But so let's yeah. assume Trump. So Trump isn't didn't have anything to do with pedophilia, and I'm okay with that. That's not what my point is here. My point mm-hmm. is, what's he going to do about it? Because if he just kowtows to people in power that are running these operations, that's what it, it appears is happening. And right. so, you know, he, he could be a Jesus Christ. But, I mean, people, the Q movement is talking about Trump like he is some kind of rescuer and he's going to change the structure of the pedophilic elite. And what I'm saying is that, that there's no evidence for that. That has not happened yet. All we've gotten is the spectacle in the media of Epstein well, and Matt. Like, can, can I just uh, say something uh, really quickly, though? Because okay. like, I, I used to work for CNN and I spent a lot of time, you know, around a lot of media bullshit. And I'll tell you. They've never responded to anything the way they are responding to this right now. And I do spend most of my time not watching uh, mainstream media, but like looking at justice.gov, going through um, the sealed indictments that are on shared Google documents that you can get access to. I mean, there are there are groups that are sharing this information directly from the Justice Department, uh, including the yeah. Justice Department itself. And you can see Operation Broken Hearts is a great example. You can look at what happened at the Super Bowl where a thousand people were arrested. Basically, you can look everywhere and you can see pedophilia of all things being attacked the way drugs were attacked during the uh, Bush senior administration. So this so is, to say this is that why are they no not evidence a, of there definitely like, is evidence. a takedown of human trafficking is really absurd at this point because and, there's and, ample no, no, no. Evidence. Let's, no, let's parse it out. Let's parse it out. Okay. People arrest low level pedophiles all the time. There's look if if, if you're trapped. No, but you don't stuff, arrest you like thirty thousand like a ring network during COVID and then another ring in Romania and another ring in Turkey, a giant ring in in Norway, I think. These are, these are the largest arrests in the most consistent arrests, the most rapid arrests in history on the subject. Usually it would be about heroin and cocaine, and those are things the CIA control as well. So that would be my question. Why not focus on the things you've always focused on? Heroin addicts and you know prostitution or something, but well, to focus so- on the children. Just someone that's in a high level of power. I mean, I've seen these stories, and I, I grant you that. There's stories that appear somewhat regularly um we'd have to go back and see if it's an increase or how much of an increase it is about again a ring being uh, no, well hold on hold on the hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on about a ring well, let, me just, one point. let me just make the point no but i just have to immediately point out that the news themselves say that this is historically the biggest bust ever okay well so let me make my point because it answers that and it raises questions related to that is okay. that Great. So, yeah, there's some arrests. Let's even say there's the biggest arrest ever, whatever, what have you. I'm waiting for an arrest to be so big that it's a name that we all know that's in power and that has a lot of power. power. Someone like uh, 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 Prince Andrew, someone who would be connected to the royal pedophile rings that run the world. We have hmm. not seen that yet, objectively. We've seen a thousand people, blah, blah, blah. We haven't seen the name of like a CEO from the Fortune 500 being arrested for that. So I'm um, waiting for that. I want we're the pudding. Close I want the pudding. To that. We just had like a, a UN official that worked with the highest level of children uh, protective services for the UN. He was just arrested. And George Nadar that helped with the Mueller probe, he was arrested. Um, for human trafficking. No one's heard of these people. Uh, no one's go, heard of these I can, people. I can go over hundreds of people that were arrested. Well, yeah, you got a point. Top 10, top 10 Google. That. 
No, wait. Top 10 Google. Look at what happened with Larry Schmidt after he was, he's was he been in trouble for legal situations for actually human trafficking. Google itself has had to distance themselves. Here's the real Time question. You're at, well. Here's the real answer to the question, though. Why are you not seeing this more around your NASDAQ, uh, NASDAQ newspapers? Well, obviously, because the president's an econo- economist, and so he wants to make sure that these people step down before they're arrested, or that you know, this is what... The entire uh, propaganda of QAnon has been, and I'll call it propaganda. I'll agree with you there. Well, but this it's idea, necessary disinformation. But it, it is, it is, it is definitely. Yeah, there's disinformation, there's propaganda, and I can't say that Trump's an amazing guy and his hair looks funny. I'll give you all of this. And he talks but about this, his daughter weird. Yeah, cool. It's all I'm down. But like, here's the thing. Like at the end of the day, he understands that these people, if they really are doing these things, cannot just be all eradicated at once from economies because they are in charge of these companies. These companies, they're required because of the contracts they sign to step down for health reasons. And there's been thousands of CEOs stepping down for health reasons, except for the one who just died, by the way, from um, the big pharma company, Pharma Dead 65. We'll look at his name really quickly. Mm. Um, Jonathan Sackler from the OxyContin uh, maker Purdue Pharma died just the other day at 65. And the, the right in the process of, of changing over the hands of all these things, he might have been one of the guys who refused to just go with the flow. So I, I think that there's tons of evidence on your side that like that things aren't changing except for some natural pattern. But man, how cool is this natural? It must be an amazing, magical, ast- astrological pattern then, because if we're talking about tens of thousands of a sealed indictment, 70, 70, 100,000 people are in trouble. We're all talking 170,000. That, that, that is gosh darn lucky, you know, and I'm down with it if it's not a real plan. But what's funny is that the propaganda machine, QAnon, has really done a good job taking credit for it. So that's also influenced the police. It's influenced the state. And I but bet you if you're a CEO, you're we scared. ignore... You know? Like all the predictions, like Q has been able to predict very specific things occurring on the political scene with utmost predict uh, like precision. If anyone on YouTube were to do that, they would be hailed kings. So well, I don't think that's evidence, question... that's evidence that it's an operation. I agree. I agree, I agree with Anderson on here. Okay. I agree with Anderson on here. Actually, I think that not necessarily a Mossad operation, but probably. But like quote it unquote does, Mossad, it, quote unquote Mossad, with totally. alphabet totally. networks. Yeah. Triple, triple. But that wouldn't really totally... make sense since well, they're really on, out... waging blows against the Mossad. The Mossad wouldn't attack itself and, to save itself, wait, wouldn't it? Are you sure? Are you sure that there wouldn't Sometimes be? Sometimes you got to cut you... off an arm to prevent gang. Well, you don't think there would be a civil war in Israel? Have you seen what's going? on in israel like big protests right now right now just as we speak but i just want to go back here let's hear go ahead well uh you know we also are about time to do a music break if you guys are okay with that you know but we can you know pick it up here once again all i did that i remember from one of the earlier q posts because of course it's always a big question i guess it is known by now that whatever quote-unquote Israel is, is leading world tech in so-called security, which is, you know, interesting in itself. And I just believe that there was one post where it said something along the lines of uh, Israel comes last and that it would not be mentioned anymore. So there is, you know, definitely something interesting happening there yeah, as well. The, the, the Trump and, phrase, the best is yet to come, is in relation to Israel because sure. they, um, yeah, they said we save the best for last. They said that first, and then someone asked something in relation to Israel, and then they said, there's a very specific reason why we haven't mentioned Israel once, saving the best for last. So they they pointed out that 
Israel equals equals best, and they're saving them for last. And then the first questions were, well, who are first then? And then we got the um, the answers immediately thereafter. Um, first was North Korea, second was Iran, and third and last is going to be Israel. So let me just um, jump in because yeah. this is the highlights the danger, and this is why I think the QAnon is so dangerous. Okay. So dangerous means a yeah, Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, da dangerous again for the people, for the people. So it will increase oppression of poor people and the common working people. So let me let me just let me just say this, and we can go to music. But think about it for a second. All right. Hey, don't talk about that. We're going to save that last. Don't talk about that. And in the interim, Israel annexes the West Bank, annexes the Golan Heights, um, expands the, you know, uh, taking over the Temple Mount, uh, bombs Iran and Syria. No one talks about it in the media. But hey, you can't talk about, hey, we're going to get to that. The storm's coming. Do you see the psychological power of the narrative of how it can placate? The other thing is that it, these are the natural resistance. Uh, this, this is the group that would be naturally resistant to a lot of the things Trump has done in terms of banning bump stocks, in terms of, you know, um, even lockdowns. You know, if it was a Democrat in power, these people would be armed saying no. They would be fighting and resisting all over the country. You put Trump in and then you tell people, cue the storm. You tell people through a cue, hey, the storm's coming. Relax, relax, relax. It's a placative effect of what would be the natural group that res would be resisting this stuff. That's the genius of it. That's the propaganda. But that doesn't really make sense because few people are really alert to the Israel narrative Q has even done because it's not part of a regular Q post. It was somewhere on Fortune. No, he, someone he's just, asked He's you. just saying the entire the entire propaganda machine. And here's the funny part to me, the funny well, part right before music. Well, no, is that because the I premise would be the premise guys. would be <laughs> that that propaganda machine is somehow aiding Israel. And I don't, well, I don't I see the will, argument the here. And changing Israel into a better place isn't, you know, come on. They could benefit Israel in a lot of ways. Well, aiding the people, ideally, I guess, right? Well, yeah, yeah. the people. And, and we're you talking know, about the road the to hell. But, but Victor, never forget, Anderson has great points here. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. So you have yeah, to be careful. Yeah, that's why we're not evaluating intentions. We're evaluating actions and results. Actually, that's all I care about. When you're annexing the West Bank and killing Palestinians, that's not I, I don't support that. And if Q is going to say, don't talk about it because a storm is coming. I Q think hasn't said not talk about it. That's, what, so that's they, what I mean. They actually they've definitely talked about what they want to do to stop that. And the idea that a secular state in Israel cannot be a racial state and that they're invading Palestine. I mean, like the things that are going on on the other side of things, especially in, in Egypt right now. There's a lot more to this story, but I think music's about to start. <laughs> I'm grateful that I'm somewhat ignorant of all this. Uh, and I, it's funny because I can hear valid points on everybody's side. So it's always funny as a double Gemini just to listen and observe. Um, and not that I want to get off into a tangent, but it kind of reminds me of, um, and I'm not going to get into the history of this because I'm sure you guys have great counterpoints and stuff, uh, with Winston Churchill, like, being like, look, we have the code of the Germans and we're going to let them bomb some cities so we don't know. Like, that could be a justification, though I'm not comfortable with it. Bottom line, it's a fucking Game of Thrones type situation and there's a whole lot of little fingers playing and, you know, what we see as major heads are more Cersei types. And I hear you, Anderson, in terms of, like, I'd love to see major players go down, but uh, 
bottom line, my hope is that I think the vibe, if you want, the, the frequency or the great awakening, however, the kundalini of the consciousness is rising. So a song I picked, I think, Raphael, you got my little note, um, is a justice, ironically, um, French group called Justice, and they have a song called Civilization. No, it's Jackson 5. Oh, God damn it. Well, go to the messages really quick and play that one. Because uh, the Jackson 5 one is going to be for tomorrow when we have the music for one, two, three, which is why I synced it up. That's why I asked you at the beginning. What about that Michael Jackson or the children here song? You know your children are. Well, we could do that too. I'm they kind don't of a different. about us. Uh, That's my favorite. I, Black and honestly, white. Honestly, Raphael talk DJ about whatever. It. But if he wants to take a music break, cool. If not, cool. Like I'm, I'm, I'm generally indifferent. I'm having fun. I'm eating the Michael Jackson popcorn gif.
So we are back for the most synchronistic episode 122. What I'd like to bring attention to, Victor has just left, it appears, but still also SJ is still around and Andreas. So we've been talking about, you know, the different perspectives on Q and Trump. What I find very interesting, number one, because it's, you know, most closely related to the whole lockdown and uh, let's say viral uh, situation or poisonous uh, situation right now is the very basic idea of infection theory and the historical argument to what extent, you know, diseases are actually transmittable and to what extent a disease actually is something you can catch and not just, you know, a natural process of your body detoxifying. And uh, we may have discussed this somewhat in terms of the American Medical Association, you know, taking over uh, with allopathy and uh, kicking out all the naturopaths and that kind of understanding. And then in terms of, you know, judge them by their fruits, except, you know, the only other one known is this Ugandan president. There is some YouTube recording where he apparently reads from like a Rockefeller Rothschild, whatever document describing exactly Fabian society style, how the lockdown should proceed very interesting speech uh, and it appears to be him in terms of voice but aside from him and maybe this other one or it was the same who was testing goats for positive for COVID-19 and made a joke about it and papayas and so on the only other public figure president level that I know that has you know not told the line completely with the whole let's just call it pharma vaccination scam or whatever which at the very very least is highly risky um, and he has, you know, self-medicated with hydroxychloroquine uh, and, uh, you know, mentioned that time and time again, you could see Fauci kind of, you know, like squirming or something. Um, but no one else has done that. <clears throat> and certainly no one with his profile to even offer the idea of a therapeutic solution that would completely make all the draconian lockdown mask and distancing measures, uh, let them, you know, throw out the window. So that's one quite important aspect for me. Yeah, and I want to jump in because I think this is where I would want to go with this stuff. Like, how does, and we don't have to debate Q. I actually don't even like debating it, but I couldn't help if it's going to come up just to throw I in like, a different perspective. I like that you're not a debater, you're a discordist. We're just discoursing. This is totally fine. Yeah. Yeah, just to, just, just to discuss. I mean, it's worth it. But I mean, this, 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 um, uh, big pharma, big tech, surveillance state technocracy. This is, to me, the most interesting thing about the current moment. And how does Q Hell or really yeah. anything relate to that? And I think there's probably something to be said that the people that are running Q might also be, or where do they stand? I mean, I'm, an op I'm open-ended to that. You well, know? in your in your favor on this thought, um, Brezhnevinsky, right, who kind of just, he wrote my favorite book, um, The Technotronic Era. I mean, I wouldn't say it's the actually i mean, dune's probably better but still it's a great book about the future and it said in the 70s it was predicting that in the by 2020 or something like that trapper keepers with dawson creek would take over the world and that the public wouldn't be able to think or reason for themselves they'll only be able to parrot information that they're given um here's a quote from it the technotronic era involves a gradual appearance of a more controlled society such a society would be dominated by an elite unrestrained by traditional values Soon it will be possible to assert almost continuous surveillance over every citizen and maintain up-to-date complete files containing every, even the most personal information about every citizen. These files will be subject to instantaneous retrieval by authorities. And 
this is kind of this idea. We built this technotronic era and then people get ads based on what they're saying with their phones recording. The computer says, Oh, Hawaii. I heard Hawaii. Here's a ticket to Hawaii. The cheapest one that you can get will be this time. And so they can predict when and where you'll do whatever you'll do. So the technotronic era is very real and very scary. Um, on, on the same side of that, I don't think that we're necessarily in any disagreements. <laughs> like that's what we're in. And looking at China, um, they've actually done the black mirror thing where you can't open doors unless you have a high enough social, uh, score. When the camera scans you, it sees you and sees how valuable you are contributing to society. And you know, that's, that gets into even on the astrolog, um, astrology, astrologic level, the Sirius star, there's two stars, the A and B, the, the dog star and the B star. And the, the Mormons and, and the Masons and a lot of groups kind of worship the beehive and the Solomonic magic, this idea of the femininity of the queen bee, and that they're all in this, you know, no one is out of a job in a beehive. Everyone's a drone. But the other is the dog star, which is like the lone wolf, um, it's it's a it's a kind of freedom. So we're constantly you know at odds with ourselves. Do we want more freedom or do we want more capacity? Because a lot of time freedom isn't capacity, responsibility, and being taught how to use these crazy machines. We might be able to have more capacity, but is capacity actually valuable? And you know the Tao would say no. Like you're better off just being in nature. But you know does that? How does that change any of our our lives? It's really up to you. Do you want to be free or do you want to be um, you know, part of a bigger, more powerful system, and it's a it's a reasonable question. Just to ask. briefly, I mean, even here, honestly, guys, I mean, at least to me, if, if I can remember correctly, that parallel reality, I have envisioned these kind of capacities as a child. I would say all the time, like everything, you know, could be measured, and all of these things potentially, maybe even predicted. I guess the point being Minority now. Report. As well, at the point being now, I mean, not so much the prediction part, but uh, just like, you know, everything becoming visible. The one realization I had is that luckily consciousness and the Akash is recording everything. We are all already supremely connected to our own operator, being our own higher selves that can synchronistically deliver any and all information, opportunity and everything better than any technical system ever could. That's my view. So that's the number one. And then number two is just now that we kind of recreate somewhat these systems technologically, if we do it very smart, it can actually even be done in a way to reinforce synchronicity in a positive way. That's the way I'm looking at it. And then it's just a question of how do we build these systems because we can build them and they can deliver all kinds of, you know, amazing and comfortable information and capacity without needing to be a negative uh, command and control centralized uh, system for suppression. You know, that's not an inbuilt necessity. Yeah, I think well, that's it's really like, wise. Oh, go ahead, SA. And go ahead, Joe. Go ahead, Jim. Go ahead. Well, the thing that came to mind really quick, and I don't care where we go with this conversation at all at this point because it's fascinating nonetheless, because um, there's pros and cons. It's yin and yang. So it's like, I mean, just like Star Wars, like I guess in some way the Empire went around and subjugated um, totalitarian kind of space force rules on people and upgraded them to a system um, which made it possible for them to do certain things, but at the same time they lost their kind of tribalistic cultural heritage or whatever. There's there's give and take, and it's depending kind of on who's at the cockpit because I think some people, uh, 
well, it's, it's weird because I have a lot of Jupiter. I'm a lot depends of depends on how the control system itself is built. Sorry, just briefly, because if it, it just most simple example, and it's not the best, but just as an cryptocurrencies, whatever distributed systems, you know, you can have systems of, yeah. of communication and so on, where you find consensus in a different way, don't have the same issue with choke points and power corruption and so on. I mean, there are models for these kind of systems and then we can implement them. We can have the benefits of, you know, proper, uh, let's say, uh, whatever uh, method of opinion and decision forming and communication channels and allowing for the utmost uh, real subsidiarity, federalism and individual responsibility, we can build such kind of systems with which then also still could be, you know, worldwide and so on, but don't have to be again, this negative aspect of a centralized control. Well, yeah, I think just to briefly finish what I was kind of saying, because it's not even important, really. But the idea is like, I think it takes both. And Given I have Jupiter in Aquarius in seventh house, so my relationships are pretty free and different. Um, I'm eleventh house Sun and Moon Gemini, so Aquarius energy. I'm kind of a faux Aquarius, if you want to put it that way. I know Raphael's got a North Node in Aquarius. Are you getting married or something? I am getting married, uh, engaged, but we'll. That's pretty yes. cool. It is dope. Um, the Dow Howls. I didn't ask for that. It kind of happened, but anyway. Um, but anyway, yes. uh, well, I mean, it's fascinating. I love her. Shout out, Haley. But uh, yeah, uh, the idea is there's this weird kind of like thing it. with uh, right. Got to get in line real quick. Um, freedom. I mean, what we've inherited is like the ideas of freedom. I've likened it kind of like you can sit on a okay. Let's say like you go out to recess or whatever, and it's like anybody do whatever they want. Free play. Like okay, some kids are playing tic tac toe. Some kids are fucking beating one kid up. Whatever you know, like all the shit's going on, right? Whereas if you create some structure, like okay, we're gonna play basketball. It's it's not as free, but there's more cape. Like there's more enjoyment somehow. Um, at least for those participating, obviously. And then the people who suck at basketball don't want to play basketball, et cetera, et cetera. But it seems like there's this give and take. I think we've kind of idealized the idea of freedom. Like I'm kind of with Raphael where it's like, I don't know if we were ever actually free, whether it's spirit or the pre predilections of the cosmos and astrology or whatever. I think there's certain, I don't even know how to put it, uh, conditions that are always kind of demanding certain results and we've told ourselves from French re Revolution kind of politics and stuff in Amer early America, it's like freedom means, I don't even know, like libertarian hyper-independence like nothing Han Solo. Nothing left to lose. Yeah, just another word for nothing left to lose. Yeah, just thinking the same thought there. Well, like Han <laughs> Solo was free, truth. but he wasn't well, very happy, it. right? Like Han Solo ultimately was like, shit, I guess I should pick a side. But like when, like he was kind of living the American rebellious thing where it's you really like, I'm going to do what him, I want. You, know, you really only see him when he's in love with Leia and she's not putting out. I think that's when he's pissed off. Like for the most part, he's probably having a good time. He's got his friends. He's got this like chessboard. You know, he's got a space it's got room in it i don't see him as being super bummed except for once he meets his other half and then it like breaks his heart you know but also i see han solo as like solomon and so solomon had this you know clear problem with a, a princess who was not of the right line and eventually it drove him mad so i think that's also you know what they're trying to say about this guy you know who would have otherwise been able to live his life without classism with you know with total free mobility he's a smuggler but like he's going through places where there's no law so it's it's more like being a, a cowboy or a parcel delivery you know he's bringing spice that's his whole 
thing. There's, but. there's a sense of needing to be a scavenger right now in the world that's being constructed. And I think that's a great analogy, the Han Solo analogy, because I mean, I'm someone who's trying to move across borders and I'm quite mobile. Things change every day. Getting into a country might be uh, available for a week and then it closes down because there's new rules. And I really appreciate you bringing up the technocratic age because that that's a big new Brzezinski book. I've, I've, I throw it out to people and tell them when they try to question the idea that there's been an agenda or people working for like a technocratic agenda. You know, I said, well, read this book. It's written in the 1970s and I'm sure it happened even before before that. I mean, I want to just throw two things out here. Um, the Pentagon is now and had just announced this week that Google and all of the big tech companies will be working with the Pentagon on their AI weaponry program. There was like two years of resistance where Google was playing nice, saying, oh, we're not going to do that because we don't think it's ethical. Now everybody's behind it. And I think this is the I'm hopeful ultimately because I think this is a, a war of, of unseen realms that the human spirit is indelible. We have this kind of. Um, unlimited uh, access in our soul that, that, that that's the ultimate trump card and weapon we just throw that down and there'll be ways there'll be egresses there'll be ways to maneuver here but we have to be like scavengers and um so anyhow i like where this conversation is going because i think ultimately like q setting it whatever is true about q doesn't matter this is really what's ultimately matters like in our own hearts and minds how are we navigating this to fully actualize and become who we're meant to be and, and achieve kind of our soul's so, purpose. Another word besides scoundrel, uh, scavenger, scoundrel, because in Star Wars, a lot of time they use the term soldier, or consular, or scoundrel. So scoundrels from the 1580s, and it's an English French escondre, which means to hide oneself or to put away and store something, which is similar to a scavenger, someone who finds things, but this is someone who collects things, kind of like a squirrel keeps things. And so they looked at Han Solo um, kind of as a scoundrel. But the other thing was, when you're talking back about uh, Brezhnevinsky, his daughter recently <laughs> was one of the people who came against uh, Biden for sexually harassing them. And she wrote this whole thing. And so, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, like, I believe everyone who says everything in the media, like, especially about that, like, actually, in some circumstances, I'm inclined to bet it's true. But, you know. Uh, who's to say if she's saying this because she wants to take down Biden for her father or because she wants to take down Biden in opposition to her father or or what that all could mean. But the, at the end of the day, it's interesting that uh, of all people, Brezhnevsky's daughter is, is stepping against uh, Biden because then that kind of puts forward Trump and it, it either makes it Brezhnevsky's candidate or in opposition to Bridget Minsky's candidate because if the daughter and the father are not getting along and that could easily make sense. But it seems like they're kind of on the same page. So it makes you wonder, was Brezhnevinsky publishing this book because he wanted it to happen? Or is he just observing what's happening because the Club of Rome in the 60s are already doing it? And he's saying, dude, you got to be aware. And that puts Brezhnevinsky in a new light for me because I always kind of assumed he was super like into it. But now as they get older, I realize maybe it's possible he was just aware that that was what's happening. And it becomes kind of the the question about this like new this new era. If like we're heading into this era and we can stop it somehow. Yeah, you know, it could be argued on a basic level if we just, you know, uh, make draw the lines with X share and X protect. Like who is, you know, protecting information, who's sharing it. If you're talking about Zbigniew or however unpronounceable his name is, I mean, at least that you know, pretty much popularized the idea, right? Even though he got demonized along with it. 
Yeah, yeah, he's dead, by the way. He passed on. So, um, just to be clear about that, I believe. Oh, is he? What's funny to me is like. 2017. I mean, I, 2017, he passed so on. So recently. Oh, okay. Um, it's funny to me because uh, when Trump got basically inaugurated, <laughs> uh, like the Trump year, Trump Tower, um, Star Card year. Anyway, but the point is. Um, I think in some way this gets tricky because I think everyone's kind of personal proclivities and maybe programming and honestly like life calling, all this kind of stuff, karma is going to maybe play out differently. So there's not a democratized one size fits all kind of way about this. But what we really have to be kind of doing is worrying about our personal sovereignty. And if we can have a place of balance and equanimity within ourselves, then the waves won't, you know, it's like Peter walking on the water in the Bible. It's like, yo, come out and walk. It's like, but I'm going to drown. It's like, Typically, but you have a power within you if you trust this process, essentially, that you can walk on water. I think we need to be kind of focusing on that. I, that's why I have a – I mean, I have friends that are very QAnon pro QAnon. My brother is probably the biggest anti-Trumper I know. He's written a 30-page paper to my family saying why not to vote for Trump, all this kind of stuff. I'm hearing 30 all pages this kind already. Of yeah, it's going up all the time. And, I mean, it's funny because I think it's a matter of where we put our focus. If we're focused on the immediate kind of – chaos um not only one will will one drive oneself mad i think that's uh, as sj knows i think that's um because he was part of the sync book and andreas knows about the sync book i think that's one of the reasons it kind of splintered it got so distracted into the foreground of the chaos that people couldn't agree about some fundamental universal truths like we're all witnessing the Tao or whatever or the yeah the ideal is like one 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 and one one is another way for it to the flow to go Right, which is kind of like e-chinging it. It's like, look, there's always going to be conditions that comes and goes. Like, make sure you're kind of staying balanced internally, which is going to look different for everybody. So the balanced Sith is going to look different than a balanced Jedi, obviously, and all this shit. But it's like, it's a. I mean, this is funny that I'm saying this. I think Raphael's probably laughing. It's like it's a big fucking movie. We've asked for the most entertaining movie in the universe, and this is what we've manifested. Apparently, where it's got bloodlines and fucking corporations and espionage and double talk and hearsay and you know all this shit and kind of it gets tricky because i think my first reaction is to say that's disempowering if i pull back but i think especially after watching avatar last airbender um and sometimes you've it, got go ahead sorry i was saying why does it always come back to horizon zero dawn <laughs> uh that's funny because i don't know that that shows like resets and like engineering at a weird level in a sci-fi way. But um, the thing about Aang is like he, like instead of pursuing this fire Lord at the end of the day, he lets him come to him. And I think we have to let life come to and through us uh, as opposed to running and quote, leaning on, a, on an understanding as the Bible might say, where it's like, there's only so much our human minds can grok, even with mystery schools at our back, even with divination tools even all this like we still have to kind of take a deep breath and just watch and realize that the birthing process the gestational process never ends it's never ending story it's a constant birthing story so it's like just like babies have to cut you know once that amniotic fluid, like the water breaks and they're like kind of going it's like that's not fun and i'm sure that's horrific and apocalyptic we're kind of in a similar situation right now so we kind of have to just like breathe through it some of us will cry some of us will, you know like when the baby comes and out it i would changes. say also because in terms of what anderson has been saying man like like i'll tell you man um you've not lost you've came you've continued to hold on to the most important thing uh i i'll agree with a lot of the things that victor said because like you know i feel like i've had privileged 
um, information by looking at the the .gov sites and JSTOR, which is like the library, like legal libraries of court cases and what's going on in sealed indictments. I've I've seen enough things to see that that makes me a bit convinced. But he hasn't, as much as you have held on to the most important thing, you've held on to the most important thing, which is that trust no man, have no faith, don't have faith in man, you know what I mean? Like have faith in God or the stars or something like in gambling, but like don't have it in man. And so this idea that um, QAnon and Trump and everything could just be this perfect answer and solution to everything is very, very dangerous. And I don't, <laughs> I don't think it's the right approach. Having said that, I do think that there are some really interesting things going on very close to the top. And it's an, it's probably the most fascinating battle that could have happened in the last like four to 500 years. So, I mean, yeah, it's clandestine, it's everything Star Wars, it's crazy. You know? and yeah. The point being for me, I mean, even what I would just say, while I'm, you know, always most skeptical of any power structures and strange, obvious, you know, psyops, which Q also, you know, must be, but even just by the definition of how it's set up, obviously, I would not completely rule out the possibility, you know, of some great white brotherhood faction also existing within these realms, at least not precluded just out of principle, right? Because I was always like these kind of guys, Rosicrucians, whatever, positively polarized, they must be somewhere, right? But even if that were the case, and let's say, you know, Patriots in control, whatever, and everything's going to be fine, golden age, even if they would have that planned, how far could they really move? If not still, you would have, you know, quite a significant portion of the population literally waking up. Because if people would just stay ignorant, you know, the next uh, negative control system could be set up immediately. So um, I'm all with you. And I'm completely against the idea of, you know, putting faith in any external authority, no matter how you call it, because ultimately, anyhow, it's all yourself. And that's something one may always remain aware of. But just, yeah, a kind of putting it into a relative perspective and at least allowing the possibility, but also recognizing even if they were on the top level, you know, all amazingly set up, it's still up to each and every one. That idea doesn't change for me, no matter how great signs and takedowns or changes I could see coming from Q or Trump or whatever. Yeah, like, why well, haven't talked about Kanye? Say, can I just say here quickly? Um, I agree completely, guys, and I and I that you've got this is the point. This is the great point. It's a principle-based analysis of a, of the situation, and my these are the principles that I also ascribe to. You know, autonomy, human freedom. You know, uh, don't be skeptical. But I'm certainly open. I mean, I believe it's true. There's there's got to be white hats, and they're disclosing things at all times. And there's these greater battles happening, but it does beg the question: What is this reality? I mean, these are the questions that I think are most interesting. Who runs this realm? You know, what is the human soul vis-a-vis -vis you, in my view? <laughs> but we have we have this soul. But right it, there. It, what if it's true, like the Gnostic vision, that there are these archons and that this is just the nature of this realm? Like we're in a kind of archonic prison, but we have this beautiful human soul that can actualize. You know, I mean, these are the things that I think would help us view like these higher level determinations. They can filter down to help us understand something like Q. One other thing I want to say quickly. Definitely. I did a YouTube uh, video predicting the Democrats will win based on some astrology. And so I just want to, if people are interested in that, I think Trump's done. I'm very. 
Yeah, Biden will be We're happy to see that. Democrats will be in. And um, it's a short Honestly, video, about 13 minutes. I'd almost be ready to bet that, against that. that would, but... I'd, I'd bet against it. I would bet, I would bet shekels well, against it. Astro, I'd bet 50, I'd bet 50 shekels against it right now. I'll put 50 <laughs> shekels down. Because I'll, bet you, I'll bet you some money. Yeah, but cool. I can and not not a lot of money. I think 50 shekels is like a buck. Like, I, I do want to watch the video. But the thing is, it's not that I'm arguing. It's just that to me, from my understanding, Biden uh, – is the like creepy Joe is the ultimate nightmare. I can't imagine a more like I thought Hillary was it's gonna be my scary thing. Andreas, like, it's gonna the, be Michael. That would the most terrifying thing possible. I mean, Kanye? Michael Obama well, yeah, if Kanye wins, it's cool. But Michael Obama, I think Raphael's referring to the vice president. Oh. Yeah. But like in terms I ho- I hope I'm not just pulling that out of my ass. That's what's really coming. That's what's coming, up. man. Yeah, the nightmare's that's the, coming. The thing that, that, <laughs> that's it's it's the ultimate nightmare. Oh, it's the ultimate nightmare. And from my perspective, that dude, it, you should see my episode on the Boogaloo, which shows the war that's coming. Because if you have a cancel cultural revolution of, of Pol Pot Maoists against these neo-libertarians who have weapons and militias, the militia comes from the Sanskrit word for an assembly. What you're going to see is probably like the biggest violent purge like on the movies and propaganda and all that stuff that they've created just to wipe out the lower and middle classes that we've ever seen unless we transcend unless we transcend so i don't think that it'd be a good thing for the democrats to get back in power for also on the principal idea that i don't think that self-determination should ever be turned over to a dictatorship let alone a majority of dictatorship I don't. I agree complete. i don't think it's a good thing and i can just run down and take like a minute or less i can do that yeah i want to hear the astrology so uh, it's all about Aquarius. Um, the last four times Saturn transited in Aquarius, and the fifth time, if you want to include Teddy Roosevelt, he was a Republican, but still he was a progressive reformer. Uh, you have um, FDR, he was the president when Saturn was Aquarius in the 30s. You have LBJ and Kennedy when Saturn was Aquarius in the 60s, and they both had great society and the New Deal. In the 90s, you have Clinton, who was president during Saturn and Aquarius. And so it's set up. So that's the one argument that Saturn and Aquarius actually is the Democratic Party. The second argument is that the last three times we've had a great conjunction or actually more than that. But the last three for sure, um, a great conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter, which happens every 20 years, you have a changing of the party in power. So Bush gave way to Clinton or sorry, um, Carter gave way to Reagan. That was the great conjunction in the 1980s. In the 2000, you had uh, Clinton giving away to Bush. So you had a change in power with that great conjunction. And then the great conjunction in uh, before that was the 60s, Eisenhower giving way to Kennedy. And these great conjunctions, it's the symbolism of the conjunction, is the new age. It's the 20-year beat of the reality changing. And so that's those are the two basic astrological uh, points that make the case and it doesn't have to be biden this could be they could replace biden they could put anybody in there it's the idea that the democrats will be i in. pray to allah the other thing about that uh quickly why it's a not a good thing and don't get me wrong i'm not saying it's a good thing i'm just saying that's what the astrology seems to be suggesting is that look what else happened with saturn and aquarius the coup they blew kennedy's head off all right, the coup in the early 1960s. After that time, there was a massive expansion of the military industrial complex. I won't even go into what happened in Germany in 1930s with Saturn and Aquarius. We all know that story. So there's this great authoritarian tendency with Saturn and Aquarius. And so that's how I'm seeing this potentially unfolding. I'd look, I hope I'm wrong, but we're going to have an authoritarian 
medicalized medical authoritarianism is coming with that's for democrats certain. coming into power and i want to read this quickly because this is something that i think everybody should hear did i read this last time in here the agamben essay giorgio agamben the italian i don't think so but either this way feel free it's a hundred percent necessary everybody has to read this this guy was a widely expected philosopher in the academy uh he's 70 uh or older and um, he's been canceled because he basically came out and and I'll just read this paragraph. And this is what we're in. All right. Get ready. This is what's happening. This is the authoritarianism that's coming. This is the Aquarius energy that's about to descend on the world. So he's talking about this is the quote, one paragraph. So what Zelberman described in 2013 has now been duly confirmed. And you can find this essay online. It's called Biosecurity and Politics by Giorgio Agamben. And so he went through earlier in the essay and talked about this theory by a philosopher about medical tyranny, basically. So he's saying what Zelberman described in 2013 has now been duly confirmed. It is evident that apart from the emergency situation linked to a certain virus that may in the future be replaced by another at. Yeah, there there it is. Um, Yes. Keep talking. Yeah. Don't worry. Okay. Sorry. Just, okay. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. 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 It, it, so it is evident that apart from the emergency situation linked to a certain virus that may in the future be replaced by another at issue is the design of a paradigm of governance whose efficacy will exceed that of all forms of government known thus far in the political history of the West. If already in the progressive decline of ideologies and political beliefs, security reasons allowed citizens to accept limitations on their liberty that they previously were unwilling to accept, biosecurity has shown itself capable of presenting the absolute cessation of all political activity and all social relations as the maximum form of civic participation. Okay, that it was possible to see the paradox of organizations of the left traditionally in the habit of claiming rights and denouncing violations of the Constitution. They're now accepting limitations on liberty made by ministerial decree devoid of any legal basis and which even fascism couldn't dream of imposing. And there's one other part here I want to say, then I'll turn this back over to you guys. But the idea here, if this isn't a paragraph above, he says that. Um, uh, producing a sort of superlative good citizen in which imposed obligations are presented as evidence of altruism and the citizen no longer has a right to health, health safety, but the citizen becomes juridically obligated to health, biosecurity. And that's what we're running into. You're not going to have a choice. You have to be healthy and the government has full reign to make sure that you are healthy. And that's a, it's so, so it's an extremely dangerous time right now for the world. Okay. It's like very livestock-esque. It's like, let's make sure you're uh, good for the show. And just very, very simply put, okay, number one, what's the positive spin on Jupiter-Saturn conjunct? What I can also say is, although on this particular issue, I'm not really trusting Bashar too much, is he's been referencing something along the lines that whatever is red or something will be turned blue um, when looking at the political, uh, let's say, map or the states. No idea. Um, and, uh, again, it comes down to me like on a very practical level. And I know it's not just about information in this world, but this is really comes back again to the idea of health. Like what is health? How do you stay healthy? And are you self responsible for your health or do you have to be? And can you be protected, you know, from viral transmissions and so on and so forth? Because if people just understand it and this scam is kind of recent, like we mentioned early 20th century, then, uh, this is all over. So uh, 
in terms of medical tyranny idea, that's what it comes down to to me, whether people understand whatever they exactly believe in, how to keep themselves healthy uh, or not. It's simple as that. I love also that you brought up Agamben because, you know, it, it ties full circle back into the discussion about um, the Club of Rome, you know, and their their metric growth models they were doing in the 60s and 70s that were explaining what happens when there's too much growth and kind of what led to the Georgia Guidestones concepts of the elite. So it all it all seems to be like a question at the end of the day. Like, I mean, and it's funny how close we are to the point of the choice where they say you have to act now to get the deal um, to buy the car from the car salesman. But they're saying, you know, do you want golden chains? Do you want to have a limited populace? Do you want to have these control mechanisms? Do you want to have your DNA uh, and your neural lace with, you know, like nanobots that can control and help? Do you want your brain to be taught everything so that you vote the correct way for the correct thing? And a lot of people would say at this point, I think more than ever, which is the scariest part because they've been led to it slowly. The veil has been lifted slowly they think to themselves yeah yeah i want golden change i mean i get that i'm losing this but it's not that important to me i don't even use it and they have all these other things so so they've really adapted people to kind of want this and that's probably the scariest part is when you tell people today the truth uh some of them know it and they don't care i think that scares me the most about it in response really quickly to Raphael's kind of like bashar sentiment without red turning blue and all this stuff i think that's what we're talking about like people who would be traditionally very much for like personal rights and civil like liberals let's just say are more or less the ones being like yo if you don't wear a mask you're an asshole whereas I mean, my conservatives are like i want my freedom i got my guns kind of thing or you know whatever they're more liber like liberty seeking as opposed to necessarily like uh dictatorial or whatever right so i'm just kind of suggesting that if people would understand the basics of health then this actually could or yeah, could be proven in a whatever scientific way everyone could agree on. And my strong impression also kind of is that uh, because of the way the media is structured right now, it appears as if, you know, certain moves are happening. That's my view, at least. And in the background, you know, in terms of silent majority and so on, I'm not so certain. And we have talked about this herd mentality idea. And also now you don't know how many people willingly put on the mask and still have a completely different viewpoint, you know, those exist as well. So it's, it's not, I guess, always that obvious. And there is always a charade happening on multiple levels, as we know. Yeah, I'll be putting on a mask, you know, when I get on my plane, and if I'm getting getting into Germany, potentially in two weeks, uh, I put on my mask to go to the grocery store, I take it right off. But I'm at the level where I can have strategic compliance. It's not that onerous to wear it for 15 minutes and gather some groceries. I'd rather have the food than, than this is how they this is how they start it, man. I mean, like, I don't, know, get, me I know. don't get, yes. don't get me wrong. Yes. Don't get me wrong. It's I've been true. Wearing, it's I've been true. Wearing I know. I know. I've been wearing the plague mask since before it was cool. Like I have a, a beak and I can. I so did Michael it. Jackson. Yeah, totally. Nice, the plague doctor. I, I feel, I feel pretty neat about it. But like the deal is that at the end of the day, when you start wearing the star, eventually you end up in the camp. It takes not very long, and it just depends on how quickly you start complying with things. And if society keeps doing that, then eventually that's what happens. Now, I'm not saying nope. that that has anything to bear on the disease or the social climate or the politics of it either. It just has to do with 
the classism. If if you, if you're able to convince, all, and it's really ironic because you have in, in places, for instance, like in France, where they just last year told Muslims they weren't allowed to go to the beach in a burqa in a hijab. Crazy, I know. Now now they all have to wear masks. So I mean, there there's definitely karma going on. And at the, but at the end of the day, when you all have to wear a mask, you know, like doesn't that say something about our society? Because Sharia is a Talmudic law. At the end of the day, it wasn't what was originally in the Quran. The Quran wasn't all about you know spanking you. Like that's a new order of the idea. Originally, it was supposed to be kind of an inclusive faith that would kind of bring together different kinds of ideas. So once they brought into it the Talmudic law. Then it was like atonement, and atonement it always comes back to. I forget if it was Jim who was earlier trying to search for the word. I don't know if you knew it, but I think the word was atonement because consequences of actions matter. And so all of the time we're seeing, particularly in stories in you know the the, the Bible, you have not you know this guy was a superhero and he did really great things. No, it's like this guy was a sinner and he killed his best friend for his wife, and there were seven generations of bad consequences. And that's or he chopped off. A guy's ear, and he denied Christ, and now he's yeah. It's always gonna get it's always hung about upside bad. down. And shit. You need you need historical records of bad karma. I think it's important because people need to recognize that karma is a capitalist. It starts out wanting the candy bar back that you stole, but you ate the candy bar, so now it wants to tax you. And so I, here's a question: uh, Can we be naively pessimistic? I mean, usually the fear is to be naively optimistic. Be more optimistic. cynical. Be more cynical. Don't be pessimistic. Be more cynical. That's all it really takes. You can be optimistically cynical. I am. I'm very. Much- especially after watching Avatar, Star Wars, whatever, it always looks really fucking bad. And then, for reasons beyond human cognition, some some punctuation event occurs. You uh, must that- learn to be like the grandfather, and you must have the tea of uncle. The uncle guy is pretty much. Oh, he's my guy. favorite. Yeah, he's the guy. Yeah. He's the guy. He's he's got the Tao. He's like, give me more tea. And he's working. But that's with... the white brotherhood of the lotus flower, or whatever, right? Like they're they're the ones in the back, like where it's like, look, nothing's gonna work, and then they're like, we'll do this. That's what I'm saying, and I'm not saying it's Q. I'm not even sure what to believe in terms of the news cycles anymore, and that's why I think honestly, going to internal spaces is probably more helpful than like scouring the internet necessarily. But um, I'm I'm trying to be positive. Uh, positive um but i'm wondering how much because of like post nixonian whatever um just there's a, an air i mean arcade fire taps on this a lot of their albums there's an air of uh cynicism and pessimism that we might be leaning too far into to the degree where we're we're, we're not seeing the hope that is potentially possible not that it's evident i mean that's the whole point of these punctuation things it's like no one sees you know what I mean? Like in movies, this, I mean, this kind of gets into Alan Watts quote where uh, Raphael's sample before or whatever, he's played a song on the sample, which is like the bad guys get fucking close to winning and it doesn't mean they don't make scar the earth or have damage and shit, but it's like they don't win. And then the good guys almost lose it all, but they always don't. That's and, what I'm, that, and that's where I'm at. I mean, look, the, the Saturn cycle is really instructive here. We're in Saturn and Aquarius. Saturn is extremely powerful in Aquarius. Saturn can do Saturn things. But Saturn will be in Aries. That should be a bumper sticker. Saturn could do Saturn things. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but Saturn's coming to Aries. That's 1968 if we're we're on this timeline. That's Martin Luther King getting assassinated but coming out as an anti-war, you know, person, you know, doing the people's poverty, anti-poverty movement, all the protests in 1968. 
they kind of give way to the next phase. MK Ultra, remember that's right. I would I would call them both the same thing. You know, the Martin Luther King movements, the MK Ultra movement, at the same time because they forced him to do a lot of things he probably wouldn't have done, and then they definitely killed Malcolm X because he was trying to actually become more inclusive. With Saturn and Aquarius when they killed, but I'm just saying like Saturn gets weaker, the authority gets weaker in the sky, and I was referring to those MK Ultra documents they found out accidentally. They claim that box. Like there's going to be pushback and disclosures. The people will fight back. It's just not right now at this time in the cycle. And so my my thing is that this next three years, 2023, is look, be prepared. It's skepticism. But I mean, I wake up every day happy as a fucking claim to be alive. I love to breathe air. I mean, it's just what a gift to be a soul in a human body. But I'm going to have to make choices, right? Like if I fly to another country, I got to call the embassy and research and cross my teeth and dot my eyes to protect myself. And, you know, so... There's this balance and but, you know, no, these guys aren't going to win. I don't believe. I mean, it's a cycle. They're going to be down. They're going to be out. We're going to be back on top. The truth will prevail for a period and then they're going to come around and have another bite at the apple. You know, and I guess that's in the 2050. What do you think about the whole, you know, the books, the 1890s Ingersoll Lockwood books about Baron Trump's underground adventure and the last president? Have you read those or check those out? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, I think synchronicity there, that could be purely synchronistic. Um, I'm, I certainly think, I mean, it raises in my mind this whole question of the cycle of America. And I've got some other videos I've posted recently about if you look at my Mars and Aries video, um, that talks about this cycle of the Mars retrogrades with when Mars has retrograded in Aries fully with Saturn and Aquarius. It's only happened two times. It's happened a few times, but the last two were 1783 that's the treaty of paris so that's when the american government gets established in north america and the time before that is 15 i think 87 i that that date may be wrong and that was the first thanksgiving when english colonists came here and then had a thing it's one of the candidates for the first thanksgiving so we're in a huge cycle of several hundred years we're on the north american continent radical restructuring will take place in terms of the governance and the symbology and so I think that, yeah, Trump could potentially be the last president in a certain way. I mean, I think that would fit, even if there is a president in name, the shift and change and alteration. And I think it has to do with techn- technocracy, AI, like the WHO as a superstructure. They're clearly in charge. I mean, Gates is Gates is determining public policy all over the world. clearly being defunded right now. I mean, I'm all up for you, you know, painting that picture. And But even just the fact that we can recognize it that clearly, I mean... Doesn't that obviously show that, you know, we have a choice to make at this point, each and every one? I just know, Rafael, I mean, they announced something. I heard from my friends in Austin that that was the policy the next day in Austin. And I'm in Batumi, Georgia, and it was the policy. Oh, sure. But, so oh, was, of course. Of course. So but the question is in- just whether we go along with it or not. You know, it's that, it's that simple. I mean, it starts with, you know, civil disobedience, whatever. And just one very Straight simple example. And- yeah. I mean, yeah, I go sure. deliberate deliberately to the metro without a mask not because i'm so cool but because with all you know my best intention and heart and hippocratic oath and i'm not a doctor you know i cannot wear a mask neither for myself nor for anyone else because this is ultimately what's dangerous you know on so 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 many levels and uh you know then i got one guy you know sometimes some guy guys come they check you know have a scarf or whatever if i don't want to argue with them Another time, just a passenger was asking, and I tried the best I could, you know, to explain why. Um, 
But I Plus, guess... you look really silly doing a Masonic handshake wearing one of those masks, man. I don't know. <laughs> I'm with you, Rocky. I just want to say I agree. I mean, we have to resist. I just think that there is um, this idea of changing in a, the structure of governance, I think, has shifted in a really tangible and profound way. And I think this COVID event is going to mark another change in terms of what comes next in terms of how governments are structured on a higher, you know, on this larger scale, hierarchical scale. But in terms of the lower level daily choices, I'm with you, man. I mean, I want to resist too strategically. And I mean, I was just going to say this earlier. We all have to decide what's your line in the sand? Like what for you is wearing the star? You mentioned that earlier. Yeah, that's a great example. Yeah. For me, it's like injectables. Like I'm not going to have an injectable. And so you don't do vaccines. You're anti-vaccine. I don't want to take anything injected into my body. Yeah. So if so, you've never had. I'm just. I guess I'm asking. Have you ever had? Have your parents ever forcibly vaccinated you? you So, kid, they vaccinated me, but it was a different schedule. It was early '80s, so it was like three doses or something. Um, And then I did have one. uh, Back in the early my early 20s, in the aughts, I got a vaccine because I was going to travel to Thailand. I didn't. Right. So I have had some. But, but I mean, this was before I was as aware as I am now. And um, I'm just, you know, so I won't go back there. I'm not. Gonna, what do you think about the... children vaccines? Do you think that it's causing autism or that it's changing your brain or it's making kids more, you know, even nanobots controlling their mind, making them like how far do you go on how bad it is for you? Well, the RNA DNA technology, I mean, a lot of people are saying it's actually not even a vaccine because of right, what nanobots. Doing. This is the that this is the latest technology. Yeah. So there's the potential for nanobots, but they're altering your DNA with these shots, hoping that your DNA will then produce something that fights the virus. As and is more, the, and maybe you can take out sequences of people's um, willing to object to things. You know, you find the sequence that's common in people that are um, civilly disobedient, you know, like you just take the DNA sample of every prisoner and figure out all the crazy ones have this sequence in them and you just delete that from people. And then it just makes everyone kind of more, you know, go with the flow. Yeah, more, more, more pliant. Absolutely. So, I mean, my general answer to you there is I'm skeptical. I don't want to do that. I would have to really research and feel comfortable before I ever did anything like that. I don't trust the people making it, like big multinational pharmaceutical companies. Do they, do they deserve our trust? I mean, if we just look at the record, I don't think so. So that's where I'm at with it. I just, you know, that's my right. line of the sand. But what's your line of the sand? It sounds like, Raphael, you don't want to wear a mask. Do you wear them ever in in Vienna? I like to go to the store. Yeah, well, luckily, because of my synchronistic lifestyle, I could avoid ever having to go in the store and during that time. Oh, actually, sorry, I did. I went to the head shop (laughs) and there I got a scarf, uh, mainly because, you know, I know the guys there. Of course, I don't want to get them get into trouble or anything or scare them or whatever. Uh, you know, tr- those that I can talk with, I try to inform. It's really, really difficult because people have, in my view, very little base knowledge about health and different theories and very high resistance to just even investigating because that's always where I'm at. I'm never like, oh, you have to accept my belief system, but like, please look at the other side of the argument and then let's see if you still have to be, you know, as scared as you may have been. Um, some people, of course, I've spoken with and they easily understood what it's about and uh, deal with it accordingly. Uh, technically now there is still, uh, it's not even a law, of course. That's the other thing. If you get into the legality of it, it's a huge 
joke. And at least in Austria, they have somewhat a semblance of a, you know, lawful state or something, technically speaking, at least. And uh, so here it's a so-called kind of like executive order thing. Um, so the lowest level of, uh, let's say, uh, law that you could have. And even here it says within the so-called Verordnung, so the order, it says that if you have a valid reason or can make the argument that it somewhat influences you psychologically or uh, uh, biologically, then uh, you do not have to wear the mask and uh, you cannot be fined for it. And it also says specifically, you do not need a doctor's, you know, agreement or paper for that. So it basically says in the order, if you can make a stand for yourself, then you're exempted. I guess what they still do, and that's what they once said properly to me when I was in the metro without wearing it, they were like two these order guys and they were like, oh, you have a mask? I was like, no. And then and the other one was like, okay, you have to get out. And I was like, okay, that's okay, because at least that would be the idea of this is private property and that's the, you know, like local company order. And uh, then we're going to throw you out. I could be okay with that. They did not try or say that, you know, they want to force me wearing a mask because that's another kind of not assault, but, you know, one of these kind of things, technically speaking, right? Of course, no one knows about any of these laws and so on. He will not be able to buy or sell anything unless he's wearing the mark of the beast. Damn. Yeah. So, uh, Anyhow, that's that's kind of the situation. I have a few friends that similarly do that. I also know of people in Germany and so on that deliberately also go into stores and so on and talk with the managers. They sometimes even agree. And even recently, according to official figure studies in supermarkets, apparently in during all this crazy, you know, pandemic periods and all the high risk individuals in the supermarkets, even in official figures, no supermarket employee got infected. Which is Not you know yet. kind exactly. of yeah yeah anyhow scam. which is scam kind demic. of it's, zero, it's, it's, yeah, anyhow no it is of course what I'm just saying what no I'm, there's no cases I mean it's so low it's point zero zero three percent no the point is me individually anyhow I see viruses as exosomes as kind of like toxins flushing out of your body if for whatever environmental psychological stressors you even have it so for me you can't transmit it anyhow I just find it curious that they would release a report basically stating even with official figures that there was no transmission at all. And uh, well, so I, would, now, I would go a little further because yeah. I'm a material scientist, right? Like, so I've, I did engineer, I'm a nanotechnologist. I did nanoengineering. I did graphing research and I was doing um, bio sequencing. I did adenoviral research when I was working in Silicon Valley for what eventually became BioTwist, but was the human genome sequencing, UCSC, and there was like a number of different sequencing. I mean, we did banana slugs too. My friend's dog is the first dog that had their DNA sequence. How many um, chromosomes does a dog have? I think it's like 72. It's pretty interesting. Um, so anyway, or 78. So you've got you've got these you've got these adenoviral oh. sequencing programs. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. I was getting back into that. But um, the adenovirals sequences can change your hair blue. They can remove the sequence and change the sequence. You can eventually, from scanning people's DNA, once you have predictive DNA, you can figure out um, scanning with a, a graphene tattoo, someone's DNA sequence every minute over and over again for a few days. And you figure out when a new sequence or an old sequence or a promoter sequence opens up or closes again for what specific purpose it's being used for. So... Along the way, you start to see bacteriophages, 
and what viruses look like because of these machines. They look like little spiders that go inside of you and they can manipulate your ribonucleic acid um, explosions because you have kind of a hexadecimal explosion system that has different colors and then your system of acids can interpret that and it predicts and it records it and then does it again in the future. So you can manipulate your sequences, but what you kind of get the idea of is nanobots. And that's kind of been my interpretation of them. Even if they're not synthesized by, you know, on purpose, somehow these are being created that you're getting these things that are kind of mechanical and they're not like other life. And so this is a big thing for me. I'm like, well, adenovirals definitely cause certain good like right like if you were to um change your telomere extension you'd be able to or if you were to mutate yourself with younger dna you'd be able to be younger for a longer period of time so there's clearly reasons why adenovirals and nanorobots can be useful the problem is the data is not free you know and looking at software this is the same problem as the difference between linux and windows right like you you know like if you can open up the code and you can see your own code and you own your own code and no one's kind of capitalizing on exploiting your code but that's the thing you have companies that specifically have more knowledge about you than anybody else and so they're going to exploit that information by selling you nanobots and antivirals that are patented to you and this comes from the aids market right because you have hiv and then from hiv you have to continually make a new drug and the new drugs gotcha. constantly coming out. And they're like, wow, this is how we control people. It worked really well in Africa. We took everything they had. Where's the most resources in the world? South America and Africa and Asia. Where's the most poverty and the most debt in any state in the world? Africa, South America, and Asia. It's constant. So we now just do the same thing in the United States and in Europe and have everyone on some sort of a subscription life plan. I think there's a movie with Justin Timberlake about this where you have a certain amount of minutes until – you start aging to death instantly, right? Like you can't, you, you just you just die of the common cold after you run out of minutes, like your cell phone plan. But up to that point, you don't age, you're beautiful, you don't get sick, you just pay them to stay healthy, you know? And that's that's kind of what scares me. And or I want to say one last thing for a second, because earlier when Victor left, I sent a quote from Mission Impossible because I just saw Mission Impossible. And I hadn't seen it since I was six years old. In the Read that book. It's terrible. Well, it's a 1960s TV series that they made into a movie. And then Anderson had brought up the 1960s during the MK Ultra period um, or the pre MK Ultra period, really, in the 1962s. is you know, The late 50s is MK Ultra, but there's also the Artichoke and there's uh, Monarch and there's several other programs that come afterwards. So, anyway, John, um, what's his name? John Vaught. Boy, John Boyd, the guy who's uh, Angelina Jolie's father, but the, they never talk and she's clearly messed up. He's the bad guy or something like that in Mission Impossible. And so um, the Scientologist Tom Cruise asks, why? Why did you do these terrible things? And he says, as a CIA agent who's betrayed his country against the president, he says, well, you think about it, Ethan, it was inevitable. No more Cold War, no more secrets to keep yourself from yourself, and no one... Um, to answer to no one but yourself. Then you wake up one morning and find out the president is running the country without your permission. And the son of a bitch, how dare he? Then you realize it's over. You're an obsolete piece of hardware, not worth upgrading. You got a lousy marriage and 62 grand a year. I think that's a big reason why we're seeing this shift right now. And it's the same shift we saw in the 60s when George Bush sat, you know, helped assassinate JFK and became president. 
um, he's already president of the CIA director and became president of the United States over a period of time because of what he had had to do. I think we're going through the same thing again, which is some sort of a um, authoritarian military coup. And Saturn it's and Aquarius. Yeah. I, and I, that's the thing. It's like I don't disagree with you on all of those points. Those are exactly, from what I can tell, what's happening. But I'm not exactly sure that that translates to Biden. However, if there was a guy who looked like a terrifying CIA agent who were to take over the country during tribunals through a military coup with the anti-fascists, maybe, you know, and, and by the way, they're all wearing Doc Martens. Yes, Biden makes sense. So I hear you on that. Well, and Biden's just a hollow thing. I mean, it's it for me, it's more about the party that he's a part of. Like I, Biden might even die. They might replace him because he's got dementia. You know, uh, it's more about the... The, the uh, yeah you know what do we handlers group? handlers but they're in power globally the western yeah, every democrat tech- feels the same way they're ready for biden to die and they'd still vote for him if he was dead if they're <laughs> you know, i would vote kanye before, before biden for the record well that's the thing i hope we get into kanye because i think kanye is, did an amazing thing because biden said if you don't vote for me you ain't black which is like okay slave master but kanye was like that's when i had to decide to run for myself and I think it means more than we anyone really realizes to vote for yourself. Straight up in Kanye, the birthday party, if, to go back to this idea of the birth of something new on the North American continent, he's using the birthday party moniker. You know, I love when Kanye just said, listen, he actually mentioned Mark of the Beast, I think. Um, maybe not. But he said the vaccines are Satan or he was describing he's a Christian. You know, he, he converted. So he's using those metaphors and that worldview. And I think the Kanye moment, just the fact that he came out and said, well, let's recon." He didn't say it in these words, but he's basically saying, I am not going to go along with the Gates-Fauci narrative. That's hugely symbolically powerful, in my opinion. I'm, and I'm glad he did it, even though they dismissed him immediately as a bipolar nutbag who's off his meds. Again, off his meds, right? It's always back into reincorporating him into the medical industrial. Well, company. remember when he, uh, he went off on Trump, like against his, um, you know, his, his handlers, he went off saying, you know, what you guys just don't know and you should look into it deeper. So he was one of the first supporters. And then he was taken off Saturday Night Live and lithium overdosed and electroshocked like any good MK Ultra slave. His dark and, place or the dark, what did he say? I was in my sunken place and he went down to his sunken place. And, you know, and then he came back and had this happy sheen on his face and he didn't really say anything. And it's really creepy, man. Ugh. And the Kardashians, I mean, they're weird anyway, right? Like that's a family that's being kind of handled in the whole... Bruce Jenner situation. It's an interesting time we are in, most definitely. I do hope that people um, continue to work on themselves individually and not get distracted by all the waves of the, of the water, because we can walk on this water if we if we have our internal, you know, compass kind of pointing to a north that we find a suitable for ourselves. Um, so, so it's it's married. nuts. Oh yeah, I'm engaged. Are you moving, <laughs> or what's uh, your wife lives in another country? She's in right? England, you, yeah. Or your finance, your fiance. So what fiance. Is, your, is your plan to re- relocate, or um, to move I'm on? actually assessing that now because she's like, I'm all about RV life, and I'm like, all right, because I mean, we've talked like we had Judith, my friend, on last time, and she's talking about like, I mean, my, before this whole COVID thing dropped, my goal, if you want to put it that way, was to run around uh, to places like Vienna with Raphael and other places, and just meet up with people, get little co-op collectives going, and be like whether it's team rabbit hole particularly or not, I don't care. Just get like-minded people going and like have cells everywhere. It's like, I can kind of float around and I know where people are. I've seen this model work 
with the Christian Labrie thing, the Switzerland uh, think tank hostel thing that I was a part of. They have many groups all over the world. So, um, but now COVID popped. Uh, I mean, it's funny because we're talking about all this mandatory stuff. It's like if I want to, we haven't met clearly. I want to meet her and be with her. So if it came down to it, I'd be like, who is more, who is less inclined to get a vaccine if it really came down to that? I'd maybe have to pull cards. Like, right. Like, uh, I, England's cool, but I don't think it's where I want to be really ultimately. Um, but it has access to Europe, which is fine. America's cool, but I do think we're about to go through some, I mean, I'm not pessimistic, but I know we're going through some changes and it might not be pretty. We're, um, I, I have a nephew who's, or I mean, a cousin who's getting married and he's going to have his wedding near Manassas or something. And that was a civil war battle site. Um, where people, it was really early on in the Civil War, where there were people like sitting, having picnics, watching the battlefield. It was like crazy. I'm not saying we're going to go to extents like that, but it's like, history is funny. And, uh, yeah, my goal right now, I don't know, like she's basically, um, caretaking her nan, who's like in her 80s. And we've kind of said, I mean, we talk every day, like, uh, for a few hours. And it's the kind of situation where it's like, all right. I mean, if she doesn't pass in a year, we'll talk about like what to do. Maybe, I'll, you know, that kind of thing. But right now I can't travel there. She can't travel, can't travel here. There. You could travel there. You have to quarantine, but I think you can get to the UK. Noted. Uh, well, I'm not even financially like viable for that right now. So, oh, okay, okay, sorry. uh, I mean, I, no, you don't have to apologize. So everything's yes, happening. I was like, I'm trying time. to like run your life for you. I'm just excited, man. I want to see that. I'm stoked. Come together, yeah, you know? dude, no kids. We're going to have a lot of fun. It's going to be missional. She's dope as fuck. Uh, I'm trying to get her on the podcast at some point, but, uh, yeah, she's cool as fuck. And I hope everybody can find the love that I'm, I found because it's inspiring. And now I see why people get all fucking drugged out on love and stuff. It's crazy. But, uh, how'd you find it? What was your secret? Oh, not giving a fuck. <laughs> well, also going along. I mean, I don't want to go long onto this, uh, but long story short, okay. I was down in Australia, right. Um, hanging out with a friend who basically I was like, uh, we, we ended up consciously coupling is what we called it. Where I was like, it felt like marriage, but like, I didn't, well, I mean, it was, I have nothing against her, but I think she was way more into me than I was into her. And I was kind of like, all right, I'm going to come back to Australia after I go to Europe. We'll see what this is. Right. Kind of thing. So in the medium or, you know, in the intermediate time, um, I went to LA, COVID dropped. I was there for a month with Judith. She was just on the last podcast. Shout out Judith. She's cool. Uh, hung out with her. She's, Team rabbit hole as fuck. And uh, actually, I mean, she, her grandfather was like a Holocaust survivor, like all this kind of stuff. She's RH negative. So we talk about all sorts of stuff all the time. She's gang. She's friends with Raphael now. Um, very cool chick. You guys should add her on Facebook. She's cool. She listens to all these podcasts. Shout out to She does what's up. So anyway, I'm going to um, use yeah. that. I'm going to, I'm going to say that's why I did it. So, okay. Cause I've been wanting yeah, to, no, I totally. have to keep tabs. We all, all your mom and I have to keep tabs on you and your brother yeah. too. <laughs> big brother, big little brother. So the point is, uh, came back to Colorado and I got quarantined, right? I was in an RV for two weeks. My parents made me like do that shit. Like, I mean, that sucked. And during that time or right after the time I was watching the Leo King, who's an astrologer, he does spiritual dance music on full new moons. And I was chilling, watching that shit and making comments like my double Gemini ass always does just saying snarky, funny things or using emojis or whatever. And, uh, this girl hit me up on Facebook and she's like, Oh, I've seen you in there. And apparently she, I had friended her while I was in Australia and all this stuff. But Haley, my fiance, we started talking. I'm like, let me see your chart. She's got like a first house, Mars and Scorpio and Uranus in the first house. And, uh, you know, Venus in the 10th house, Leo with North Node. They're just, uh, mostly Virgo and Scorpio energy, really. 
And I was just like, how serious are you? It was kind of funny. But the point is, um, we started talking, but I was like still consciously coupled or whatever. Like it wasn't on my radar as someone to hit up or whatever. I was kind of just like all over, you know, not in the headspace. And then basically, long story short, we started having Kundalini activations when we talked, uh, which I'm even actually feeling as we speak right now. So we're like connected to this weird energetic level, went to some psychics she had gone to. They're like, oh, this is the connection made sense. Broke off the Australia thing, started talking to Haley exclusively. After a month, you know, we were like, we're dating, Facebook official, whatever the fuck that means. Uh, and then after another month, I was just like, you're the one I want to be with, so I'm done playing the game, so let's just get married. She's down. We don't want kids. We're both 11th house sons. You know, her Jupiter's exactly conjunct her son in Virgo, 11th house. So, uh, I'm just stoked. Like... Yeah, that's the best way I could put it. And it's funny because I start getting, I've been Peter Pan syndrome my whole life and just kind of play, 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 get high, get high. Like recently, the last time I smoked weed, Raphael knows about this. I don't think you do, SJ. Maybe Andreas, you don't. Like I've grew weed for years, smoked mad weed. You saw me and smoking weed and fucking the sink book summit, right? <gasps> you? Um, yeah. Well, I'd never had really bad reactions. And basically I smoked a joint of Blue Dream and I'm not ruling out that there was you're not ruling out that your connection breaks down, yes, Jim? Uh, I'm not ruling out it was chemicals or, you know, it could have been a number of things, but basically the universe kicked my ass with that joint and I was just like, fuck, I think I'm like, not over weed, but I can't enter that glove the same way, the Michael Jackson glove. It doesn't quite fit, right? So um, kind of gave up on that and I just ate acid on Wednesday and had like not an awesome trip. And it's not that it was a bad trip. It just feels like the best way I can put it is I'm activating through Haley into my divine masculine. And that means I can't just play games anymore. As fun as I'll always be, I've got shit to do. Uh, and just, you know, playing video games and smoking weed or whatever isn't going to cut it. So that was a long winded kind of way of answering that. But uh, yeah, we're caught. We're, we're a thing and stoked on that shit. She's actually in stoke on Trent. So when I say stoked, I think stoked on Trent. Um, and yeah, I'm not sure what that's going to look like. She's, just as happy being in like she, I mean if we were to be in England she's like let's move to Cornwall like to the sea I want to go back to Hawaii but I mean strange times you know what I mean so I mean ideally everything kind of a, there's a solar flare and it doesn't kill anybody and it kills all this COVID bullshit and we can travel again and I can go to do all this shit but I'm not really like, I'm still trying to process the internal part that I'm talking about right if I can get balanced on my internal Jedi like it doesn't matter if Jabba the Hutt's out there or not like I can deal with it but, Canada pays people to club baby seals every year you could get like i think it's like a hundred i'm a bucks. vegan i'm definitely not done you don't have that. to eat them what the heck I'm not gonna, that's okay weird. so this gets into the funny thing Turn i found around. a mouse the other day why in do vegans I, always obsess about eating meat you know what i mean i wouldn't harm it like i don't you want to eat the map yeah but you want to eat mice and humans i mean deep down nay and that's the funny part that's where it was going uh, i think there's just a lot of changes so when we talk about the uh you know, this Rosicrucian grand awakening thing. I think I'm experiencing that on the front end. I'm not sure how to explain it. It was like, Oh yeah, I'm constantly having Kundalini activations and change, like reforming my life and doing good. Not because the Bible tells me so, or government or mom or, you know, like that kind of shit. It's more like, Oh shit, I'm maturing. And if I'm experiencing this internally, I imagine the world is going through, you know, as within, so without. So it's like, yep, we're maturing and we're shifting gears and who knows where it'll go. But it's a it's a wild ride, Mr. Toad's wild ride, and we can uh, just kind of enjoy it to the best we can, and hopefully not lose sight of that, and not get so distracted on like the thrills and you know <laughs> lights and distractions and stuff. It's it's entertaining. I mean, ultimately the whole life scenario. But bottom line, 
having found love now that I didn't think was possible because I'd kind of written it off. Um, and I was not into twin flame stuff, just like I wasn't into, you know, star seeds or any, you know, astrology at one point. Um, it's funny cause I'm, I can't argue it phenomenologically. So I'm just like, I guess that's what this is. So you know, long winded answer. Muddy water song. Same thing. Same thing. You heard that one? No. <laughs> it's kind of, I don't mean to turn, turn it crass, but he's got this whole line about the same thing that uh, makes the preacher lay the Bible down. And he's talking about women, basically women, you know, and, um, you know, I just, anyhow, it's a, I'm just, that's just, I don't even know why I threw that out there. Just, it, you know, love is like the most beautiful thing, I think, in those experiences when you have that intimacy and closeness with another person. I've never been taken higher. Maybe some of my meditation experiences where I've been isolated and in silence for a long time, but even that's a different kind of connection. But when you have those two people together, it's like fuel, uh, you know, some of the uh, don't worry about that. That you got to change your settings from text to talk. Turn that off so you don't hear one. Oh, that's message. what's going on. I feel so bad. I don't feel bad. Message again. You activated the artificial intelligence exodus. It's over now. Every time. Yeah, I just I'm happy for you, Jim. And I I'm happy for me too. That. That's really awesome, man. And and um, you know, frankly, I'm miserable for you. I can't. I feel. Real, I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry that you decided to fall in love with As though you were my drug dealer or something. It's like, you know, you used to have television shows from the 70s and reruns of, you know, Wayne's World or whatever. Now you're going to have to spend all your time, you know, focused on another person and it's distracting. Have you ever heard of a funny comedian who's in a relationship? It doesn't work, you know, so I'm sorry for the world. And, you know, this is like that scene in The Lion King where like Timon and Pumbaa start to cry. But. Well, I want to just actually, in a more serious note here, I really do think this is an important principle if we're talking about the hope and the Saturn-Jupiter conjunction, but this is, transcends even that. I mean, the hope for how to mitigate this time we're going into. And think about it. I mean, and maybe this is going to change, but I mean, if you're in a, uh, the act of lovemaking with your beloved, I mean, there's not a cell phone, you know? I mean, that's still pretty tech-free, right? And so I think that that's a zone of safety with things like meditation too, where we um, ha can exclude the, techn the technocracy. It really depends um, on if you date a cam girl, man. I mean, like, because if you're running one of those like chatterbait sites, like you can use a phone in the middle, and then they'll give you like uh, tokens and stuff just for doing things that they want you to do. So what about that oh. in-person kind of that old school like, Contra yeah. is the new refugee camp. You're saying it's getting pretty weird. Joy Division is like a thing. Like, and I notice in Spain, especially, and like in, in the Midwest now, girls that are too young are wearing shorts that are too short. And then they put themselves on Instagram as young as possible. And eventually they realize that they're being treated as a commodity, but they're valuable because of the commodities, they're the most valuable. So they think that that's a good thing. And then eventually they get older and then they're miserable because they haven't put anything else into it and I think it's this, uh, you know, patriarchal sexist thing. It's just consumerism is all it is. I mean, because they figured out that men can be exploited by exploiting women. I mean, it's just exploiting everybody, you know, with extra steps. So, but that might change. I think that's the great awakening. I think we're waking up to stuff, and it doesn't mean we won't have hierarchical systems or value exchanges and stuff. But I think at some point we start 
creating the world we want to be in, being the change. I see sex being but, freer. I do. I see the Japanese way it works, and I think that that can come to the U.S. and to the West. They got some like, shadow shit they got to work through. I feel. But the thing <laughs> is, so the, but this is exactly the thing, right? That's the battery of reality, the sex drive, and that's what Leonard Cohen talks about. Love's the only engine of survival. That's what um, the tantrics knew. That's why it, it, it can be monetized so instantly because that is the battery. And so that's what, I, that's what I'm saying here is that that's another way to go with this is to really use that battery for these higher purposes. And Rick Clay talked about it. I mean, we go back to his work. He was saying how um, they were using porn to kind of, uh, you know, disseminate and kind of, um, you know, extract that energy. But if we, if we don't allow them to do that and retain that energy – particularly with a beloved, I mean, you can really change the world. Talk about manifesting, talk about any kind of magical act. You're at least changing your own world, and then there's consequences that, like, as above, so below, as within, so without. So that's kind of where I'm at, where it's like, though the world, it's funny, because in some sense I'm like, I laugh. It's like, oh, I guess I found love in the apocalypse. But it's like, um, this, if I didn't have her, and it's not to relegate her as some like, coping mechanism, but it's like, if I didn't have this, I would be drinking or drugging heavily, much more paranoid, much more scattered and fractured as a, an individual. She's actually calling me into a, a higher plane of being, which, which it's all good for me. I mean, and that, that's kind of the thing, like you're saying, I mean, if we can remember that love within ourselves, because we all have Ida Pingala, you know, we all have masculine and feminine within us. You can have Tantra by yourself. Absolutely. I can see what's happening. They don't have a clue. What about the sex rituals with people like um, Parsons and um, others? I mean, they, the Moonchild ritual, right? Do yeah, you the, think those you know rituals, they you change know that, reality though? You know, nine months after that ritual, Hillary Clinton was born, right? Like I've been sleeping with that thought under my pillow for the last like twenty years. I, don't I know. did not know that. Yeah, pretty funny. And then yeah. I always thought Bush was related to Crowley or something. I mean, I've heard this is where conspiracy theories and the internet can like just give you too many colors of crayons to play with. And it's like, <laughs> all right, Jesus fuck. Like, well, Crowley and Bush's mom do look alike, and that's you can you can keep it at a Mad Magazine level and still survive during the day night, you know. But the well, theory there is that they ripped into say. reality with the Babylon working. You know, this was what, March 1946, that they opened something up and changed actually everything in our reality. So I, I just throw that out there to, that I don't want, you know, we can change our lives, certainly, Jim, and that's a great part of it. But you might be able to change all of reality with that. I'll do my part. If you look into L. Ron Hubbard's connections to Parsons and Crowley, especially in the Burbank, Golden Dawn, it gets really interesting when you start to look at bridge and what started to happen with Sea Org and like the Hollywood manifestation of the reality that they want to imprint on people based on the battlefield earth novels where humans are picking up on this uh, new ideology from machines that train them. So they're trying to give us video games and where Scientology has gone that no one seems to talk about is video games. Like I've been trying to find, a connection between Horizon Zero Dawn and Scientology, and I'm, I'll give you, I'll give me time because I'm still working on it, and it could just be a far out um, theory, but it could be a rabbit hole. But that's what it could we're all be, about. It could be a rabbit hole, but like at the end of the day, when you start looking at video game technology, you will find Scientology is tied into it, and L. Ron Hubbard found, um, he might have said some pretty crazy stuff, but at the same time, he was involved in some of the weirdest military 
naval intelligence missions like some of the ones that are so weird that they don't even talk about them to this day and it makes him seem crazy for even being a part of and the kinds of art that he was creating are the same things that the mk ultra um movement were working towards only he was telling people that if you looked into how it worked you could use it to wake yourself up and that's a huge part of what you know i mean granted he died in miscavige and everything in scientology is weird and they spy on your life but and take your money or whatever they do but i mean they also probably help you know if you go back far enough and you look at how dianetics work and what they were trying to do after the moon rituals he stepped away from these groups that consider themselves satanic and then went for just the word Socratic or scientific. And I think that's a big part of, you know, we need to see that there is answers in kind of being aware of the um, binaural entrainment of music that we're listening to of the, of the MK ultra propaganda. Like, I mean, even just the word propaganda, like people just shy away from it, but like really just starting to notice that everything is ideology. Everything is, um, selling something, even if it's not selling Coca-Cola, it's selling an idea, you know, and that's probably more scary. So even at a biological level, your prefrontal cortex is always advertising something for you. I saw the word biolendism the other day. I really liked it. I feel like that's that's happening too. It's funny, Andreas, because I know you're not. I I don't know. I can't say that with certainty. And certainty is an illusion. But I'm always thinking you're like some like Leninist. Like covert bring America down from the inside type character. Oh my, oh my god! <laughs> well, you know, like I get, I get a lot of weird hate and fan mail. I just like, some people must, think he must saying, be a some people, triple this agent. Kind of like, uh, a lot of people, agent Andreas. I get a lot of uh, accusations. That's really funny because it's like you know, at the end of the day, like either I'm I'm for it or I'm against it. But it's like I'm really just trying to bring relevance to it because I think people need to discuss it because I, you know, I really would like to hear, like I said, you know, I would make my own decision based on the best argument I heard. I wouldn't just go with the most popular populist opinion, but I really do think we need more people discussing topics. I'm a fan Indeed. Of, uh, of dialogue. And I think that um, often people have been trained to wash up to PC. To, well, there's two kinds. There's also, okay, so, you know, I've seen both sides. There's like, because I used to run propaganda, I would call it, for public relations for, you know, like newspapers that were designed to be read by the left and newspapers designed to be read by the right. Okay. And conservatives and liberals in the United States are not that different. They, you just change the article title slightly. And you've seen this where you have the same photo, the same article, but the title's slightly different. It says, like, this guy... You know, like Cheney, you know, really held their balls tight or it says like, oh, Cheney let their balls go loose because he was nice to them. Like, you know, they change it one way or the other because the audience needs to hear the same news. But they know that. And so this is this has been my experience with the United States, like in general, like we are we have one. You know, we talk about the Russians having one TV with one station. We have one station, really, with three, maybe. But they're all. Right they're all designed to manipulate each other in a democracy because we vote against each other. So there's no, there's no reason that anyone wants to work with each other. And then we constantly divide each other up into smaller and smaller fragments. Like you're not, we're not just uh, humans. We're Americans and Europeans, or there's a, you know, conservative or a liberal or a black or a white, or he likes rage against the machine. And I like smashing pumpkins. Like who cares? Like they, they set it up in this way that they, that, that people have to fight each other instead of the actual idea. 
Well, that's what waking up is all about, though. Remembering that we're all one. I mean, that's the fucking bottom line. I think you've got to be really careful about it, too, because, you know, I mean, David Plate, one of the geniuses of our time, has (laughs) said that, you know, we got to be very... And also, I think it's quoting from the Zohar, which, you know, so God is great and all. This idea that... The idea that uh, we don't want to lift the veil too quickly on people because of what's happened already people have accepted things they were shocked by before the deal they're like well okay yeah the car does mean i have to sell my soul but it has leather interior you know i mean so like people are constantly getting what you want is right up at the very end of it when they lift the veil they're horrified at what they see and they do not want to marry the zombie corpse that's on the other side of the veil Right, and if we've slowly lifted the veil, people would be like, "Well, I'm really excited to get married," and they can gradually sustain that. Necrosis isn't that bad. (laughs) Yeah, seriously, people do that. So you're in the plate. Yeah, I've had a lot of conversations with Plate about his work in the Zohar and on this exact issue, and it's really. You guys have to petition him to get on here. I'm always hitting him up. I'm getting his like lady friend on here for fuck's sake. Even Babs Farney, she was like on Thrasher. I didn't mean to cut you up. I'm like fucking. David Plate. That is, an ama- that is an amazing manipulation. I, I, I well, hope no, that we I all together can do reading. it. Oh, I thought you meant about Babs. I was like, she was a skater artist type. She's cool as fuck. And I'm like, come on the podcast. But she happens to, like, she's helping. Or I don't even want to get into their psychodrama. But, like, the point is, they're a thing, I think, at some level. And, uh, you mean like, psyche, tell him to come it's, on. It's psyche drama. But, yeah, I, I have a couple episodes with David. If you go on my channel on Exertus, you should check out the last one he did. It was, like, going over his ABBA uh synchronizations for a couple hours and i'm about to release actually the next week a video with david that we recorded at the same time but we just didn't put this is where it gets hard though he's going so hard in the paint for me that it's like so specific No, you need like eight hours of like one digestibility for eight hours yeah it's just david and you know and you need to have notes from like every moment and to be honest it's worth it (laughs) because like you know but like that's the thing it's we're gonna do it I'm all for it. We're going to set it up. I, I mean, I've been trying. This is a this is a fish I can't get. I can get goddamn Rick Strassman. I'll I'll talk to David. We'll see if we can go together. Maybe he'll come. It'd be great. Do it. Do but the it. idea, the idea, just I want to throw this because it's the you know the the Zohar predicts 9/11 to the date. That's his that's his big thing. He translated one of his big things. He translated with his rabbi. And uh, I start you start asking him. Well, hey, well, what does this mean? What are the ramifications of that? And it's a whole complex conversation about knowing. When the ritual might be enacted, or when the change is going to come, and who can know, who should know, um, you know, is there is there culpability? I mean, it's a real big box of worm, can of worms that 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 opens up. I'm all about it, and I do want to get them on. Um, and I would like to know if there's any like future ramifications because I feel like some, one of the downsides, in my opinion, some of the sync book. Uh, rabbit holes would be like people just geek out on Kubrick or 9-11 and it's like that's fascinating but we're here now uh now well I think they need to spend a bit more time giving context this is like again with you know like you've seen my group advanced philosopher memes it has the kind of joke in it with the word advanced that it's beyond the first thing where everyone needs to already understand the same things and it's like well that's kind of you know it's like it's it's ironic but what he's saying often is that you know bernays has and the number of people after bernays have used public relations and propaganda using gestalt right like the the Feynman schuler designs and 
in a, in a human um, resonance even has a certain kind of use in television media where the laugh tracks are set to a certain frequency so that it, it causes the same responses um, in people everywhere and to train people with these responses. So looking, you know, I, I did again, we, we, we did recently this video about the Boogaloo and all this footage from Breaking 2, the electric Boogaloo, which was a breakdancing movie. And we cut a scene in from the, um, the discussion from Room 237 about the Tang boxes and the um, Tolkum, you know, the Talcum... Um, like, like baking soda, which has an Indian on it. And they're saying these Indians here and the word, the way it's arranged that Kubrick was clearly trying to make this point. And then he has Tang boxes and that connects to 2001, a space odyssey is he's faking the moon landing for the government and he's setting up that he's going to do this in the shining, which is, you know, it's, it's a weird idea and all, but it, it, there is something to back that, you know, if there was a war and there was a problem and the, the technology didn't work correctly, like the movie Capricorn One shows with O.J. Simpson in it. Um, they have a whole film about this idea. What if they had to have a backup plan? If the moon landing didn't work, you'd seriously would need a backup plan because you don't want to... It's to bad PR to fail. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot. Not just bad PR. You could destroy... It, I mean, you could destroy PR. You could, no press is, is bad press. If they decided that people died and they never wanted to hear about this again, then they wouldn't do it the same way. So you had to set this up that they had this. Um, and also there's a legal precedent if they land there first. So there's reason to believe even if everything was supposed to go down the way it was supposed to go down, that they would have also had to hire Kubrick in the background. So putting up anyway, all of these ideas. In Breaking 2, the electric boogaloo, there's a scene where a kid's sweeping a street, very much like in the Jedi movie. The kid grabs the broom with his magical power in Jedi 7 or 8, like the, the newest one. This, you know, All the powers have been extinguished in the galaxy, but some orphan is able to magically grab a broom. Well, so then in the store that the kid's working, before he goes breakdancing and magically moving the broom and floating it in the street with strings, they show three boxes on the shelf of Kellogg's um, special K cornflakes, which is a white box with a bright red K size of the whole box, about a foot, um, you know, a third of a meter, you know. And so you've got these three cereal boxes that say K, for K, K, K. Well, you've three of them right next to each other. So it's okay. K, K, K. And it's right behind. I mean, and this, I think of them as both, ironically, because a, it's exactly what Kubrick did. But B, what did Kubrick do? He was talking about the Holocaust. He was talking about um, the Argentinian Nazis because 237 is the highway in Bariloche where the mansion is that they think Hitler went to if he actually left to South America. And, what a dream we are in, y'all. I just have to say, there's so many layers to this program. Right. Keep going, though. <laughs> I want to just say here, this quickly, to, you know, the Hierophant principle that we started this call out on i really wanted to return here because this is what i was thinking about exactly at uh, at the beginning of the call when our other friend was on telling us and when you guys were talking earlier exertus you were talking about um us uh, uh, uh forgot exactly what but it's this intermediary of reality right it's the social institution and structure that then mediates the divine what's above into the human form 
And I think about that as like the media as being um, very similar to maybe what the Catholic Church was in you know the previous millennia, where they determined what reality was. And I was thinking, I've been thinking a lot recently about Galileo and heliocentrism as kind of a release of something um, as a piece of propaganda, as a social engineering operation. Um, and I was, you know, considering that, but the idea would be that the church then kind of creates and forms how we think about the reality in the world through that kind of um, hierophantic or priestly class. Um, and I wanted to get your thoughts on just heliocentrism. I mean, you're bringing up the moon landing. It's a whole can of worms, I know, but where are you at with that uh, as being a part of, you know, the control structure, you know, the idea that we're sold on a certain, um, uh, you know, version of what we're, what this even is physically. Any of you guys? I don't have any horse in that race, but I mean, this gets into flatter stuff pretty quick, right? And uh, yeah, I'm sure I, 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 Steve Wilner would be on. In a way, I mean, not to go explicitly there, but did I like smash my microphone or just sound coming through now? Now you're good. Now it's coming through. Okay, I got I got really excited when you said that, and I literally knocked my <laughs> microphone over. So I had okay. to plug it back in. So here's the deal. So I used to work for NASA. So I, I did internships, and I was in. I just want to point out CNN insider. Yes. NASA. Yeah. No, I mean, like I if there wait. was if there was like the worst Anderson Cooper like Austin His Powers NWO plant. That's I'm, I'm the Austin <laughs> Powers of Anderson Cooper. I don't care. Like you can say that. But like here's my thing. I was an intern at NASA. I didn't do like incredible space rocketry or anything like that but my grandfather was in lock my grandfather did lockheed so he did rockets and he worked on the columbia shuttle and he made ceramics that's more proof and so i'm in houston exertus were you in houston i've spent a good amount of time in a lot of places i worked for the peruvian government i worked for the loche research lab i have been i've been in san antonio i spent time because there's a nasa research thing in san antonio that does satellite and uh uh, that's a nazi base by the way they brought them all down to lachland in san antonio right after that's where Werner von braun and all of them came interesting also that my grandmother referred to Werner von braun as max once at this event when i asked her about it as i was getting older like 15 16 i started to find out about these things first name basis yeah, I was like, "Whoa!" Like the that's weird. on this great site, and he and I thought site. that my grand, I got that my aunt went to school on the East Coast just because, uh, but now I realize it had to do with the fact that my grandfather was working on the East Coast because working in Alabama and in South Carolina, I think. I have to maybe it was Georgia or South Carolina actually. I have to I have to ask. I forget what it is, but they, you know, this was all because they were building another rocket launching thing in one of those uh, states. So, so I spent my life kind of groomed to work for NASA or for Lockheed, really, Skunk Works. And so I went through, you know, NASA is usually a first step because you do an internship from Stanford into NASA or you from Foothill into Stanford into NASA. You do the discovery program. There's a lot of ways in. And I would do stoichiometric indexing, which got me into material science because I was like, wow, with photolithography, we can make graphene and we can do all these things. Having said all that, your question was about heliocentrism. Heliocentricity. Um, the more you look into it, the more you see there's a case for the other side that we have been making adjustments for this side. Um, I would say that my 
my main thought at this point, like if I could just skip ahead, because I don't necessarily want to say like too much on the side of Flat Earth, because that's someone else's debate. I think Victor, again, he would give you his side. He's very adamant about it. But for me, I think quickly, is he is he in the flat flat earth camp? He's he's definitely in the flat earth camp. A lot of people are, because if you start to again, if you live in somewhere like Denmark where there's no mountains, you know, like, but for me, when I first when I first noticed it, it was like I went to South America and I flew and I was like, holy crap, (laughs) like this is way like looking out the window from dawn till dusk. I realized the way the world was shaped was different. And also, you know, you think about the U.N. map and you're like, at first I was just thinking, well, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to use the uh, north um, projection, the polar projection, so that I can understand it better. And eventually I started to th- realize what I was doing. And I was like, oh, my God, what have I done? <laughs> you know, I've totally started seeing the world this way. So I, I would say on, on one level it's possible that we're being taught to see the world in both ways. Because if we're being possessed, if there's some sort of Elvira's hypothesis, uh, iridium wave, if we have a portal like in the Ninja Turtles from the Philadelphia Project open and Krang comes through and everything's changed from Dimension X, it might be that we perceive things differently so that it's easier for our bodies to be taken over by these new spirits, you know, and that's kind of, you know, the weirdest possible idea. But in terms of consciousness, I don't think it's out of the question that our, you know, we're like Pac-Man and something else that sees fourth dimension like a line or a dimension of space could, you know, if we gave it control, could, could, could maneuver our bodies. That's, I think, the scariest proposition. I mean, that's the scary part of it. However, again, I would like to reinforce this. We are all already supremely connected to the one and our own higher self. So all of these things can only happen if we deliberately give permission and are ignorant to our inherent. But many people do. People watch the Disney and Nickelodeon and TV. No one cares about many people. Again, positive energy potentiates negative energy, if at all, may somewhat add itself up, but even that not very effectively. So this is, you know, the numbers game here is kind of different. And in terms of flat earth, all I can say is it's, and I would encourage this for any debate is really, you know, look into the research community, pick out the really, you know, smart ones. And there are smart ones in any community and look at their arguments and also kind of look at to what degree individuals are willing to communicate and debate. I think that's really, really crucial uh, because it seems oftentimes then out of some kind of uh, superiority complex, one side will not talk with the other because they just deem them insane instead of going on a live talk and, you know, going through the things one by one and discussing them through. Um, that's This is a the- huge part is hypnotic reactionaries. Okay, so exactly. this is something I noticed earlier. I felt like Victor and um, Anderson I noticed this. <laughs> were talking about this subject that had both been charged in social media through mind control so that your side and his side existed, which is ridiculous. Trying to dismantle, get, I'm trying to dismantle yeah, the Q narrative, that's all. And I was trying right, to play devil's and advocate. He's, and he's trying ahead, to re- – And no, he exactly. swallowed that pill he's hard. Try, he swallowed that pill hard. I went, I went, in, I went in to it. engage that, that, that right. pill that had been swallowed and that no, – I see as propaganda, but I did good, engage That's it. the yeah. right thing to do. Don't get me wrong. And it's a, But at the same time, it's the right thing for him to do to try to reinforce – his narrative so he can realize it so both of you guys are doing the correct thing you're trying to dismantle and reinforce until one of them holds true the sad thing is he should be trying to help you dismantle it if he really believes in it and you should be trying to help him reinforce it if you really don't believe in it because at the end of the day you want 
to see the other side of it. And the problem is neither one um, can no. do that if everyone's fighting against each other, which well, is what was, hypnotic reactionaries are. No, designed. but the nature, it was part of the nature of the conversation, just to say the nature of the conversation. I mean, I, I'm really capable and would love to have a calm, like it would take a few. Hours oh yeah. I don't know about days. Victor though. I don't know if you can do yeah, that. Yeah, like, <laughs> but like, that's what I was saying in the chat. Puts, like, I wanted to find common ground. Place. Like where do the yeah. two positions agree well, with? Clearly that's when always, we started yeah. it changed, but when, you know, when somebody puts you in an element, like Victor puts it in that perspective, then that's the way it ha it starts to you have to respond to that kind of energy. So it was I hot. It was hot. Yeah, it becomes hot. Yeah, and he's going really fast. And so hypnotic reactionary, you know, is he's like, there's no way I can't accept the idea. It's absurd. Frankly, I think the idea of bugs. How dare you? Bugs that think are offensive. You know, it's the Starship Troopers thing. And then you can't imagine the other. He can't imagine the other side. Then there's no way to grow right so this is what i think happens is we have hypnotic reactionaries and they're constantly taught to think that something's completely absurd or you know now it's dangerous right you have covid like you could die oh yeah it's it. dangerous that's what it is it's a it mind virus be. star crystal once again but it used to be just for a long time you couldn't do that because if you mk, MK ultra people into thinking that they had to run through windows all the time you know people be running through bulletproof glass and it was messed up so now you just have for a long time you have just People laughing hysterically like they're in some sort of psychiatric hospital. That's the response that they've trained people to just completely shut down and start laughing. Or if it gets further than that, they get angry. And, you know, on both sides, like we've implanted this idea of hypnotic reactionaryism. I think we should and, uh, have an episode on Flat Earth with y'all. Oh, yeah. And just to uh, also give another answer uh, to SJ in terms of the perspective. So I'm not, you know, in either camp to me because of the, you know, divine synchronicity of everything. I also don't really care. I can well imagine all kinds of things, including hyperdimensional portals that lead to an inner Absolutely. earth that's actually in another dimension. And, you know, of course, you know, what the flat uh, de debate often is, there is no aliens because they're interdimensionals. Of course, that's also equally true. You know, there's many... Uh, many points to that but what really gets me and which is super obvious to me is very simple antarctica is a military you know closed up zone Definitely. that's enough for me to show me that okay something is completely more the limits. that's the most valuable I mean, thing about aside fire, from they're going to prove dumps. that antarctica exists as a military base a hyperborean place and they need to show that it exists yeah and all i'm saying is then i mean at least in my mind it's not too hard to imagine looking at the u.n flag if you just kind of you know map it a bit differently that this could really just could just well be the uh, you know my small mining camp on a much larger who knows what landmass maybe you know planet the way can, we kind of want to look at it who knows toroids you, you can bet that nasa is showing you piece together pictures and that they're not as accurate as things you're getting from flat earthers that's the funny thing. Whether or not one side or the other side's right, it's worth looking at the data that they're accumulating because a lot of the flat earth data is actually based on real photographic or radio telescopic metrics. That that's interesting. And when you start to see that things are not the way they've been presented, and you have to go back and wonder where did we get these measurements? And you're like, well, actually, this metric is Newtonian, and you know that's from the 1600s, and he just said. 80 million miles what or a million light years like what does that mean it's all relative so i think it's essential to talk to the flat earthers because really what they are are their um their their outwards 
observers. They're observing from themselves outward and they're not using the same systems that we're all taking for granted. So we're often going yes. to find some truth in that, even if it's not exactly what they think the truth is. Well, maybe that's a good place to wrap it up because now we're starting to get, okay. That's what you were saying. One other thing I wanted to raise here to wrap it up here, because I, it's something that, um, Raphael shared with me recently. Uh, I don't know exactly when, maybe in the last month or two since our last talk. And it really kind of opened me up. Um, and I thought it was a wonderful image. There's a spectrum he sent me of different ideas. And, um, so like you have the traditional right, left, and even communism and socialism, like these are in like the middle of the spectrum, but there's a whole wider spectrum of political thought. And one of them is closer to towards gnosis. So on the one hand, you have gnosis release from the mortal coil renders politics useless. But the one right before that is called arisonism, total freedom, management of affairs is unnecessary as universally well aligned to chakras promote benevolent behavior from all. You can keep talking over that. Don't we hear it, but whatever. The uh, voice to talk thing. Yeah, that's the link just for you guys so you can see it. We'll have to switch you off that setting after this conversation so it never happens again. And then Andreas won't be living in fear of the OK computer voice. So that's Jacob. SJ, you want to continue? Yes, our Q, not Q, uh, you know, flat earth, not flat earth. This idea of spiritual alignment as a w political act. Uh, and, and this is kind of what, why I like this, because it broke out the traditional political structures into these spiritual structures. And I don't have in front of me the other side. Is it something like Satanism or something? Uh, the opposite analysis? No. It's uh, on the very opposite. It's Illuminism which says elites and underclass now form two distinct species, all world's resources controlled by the elite, all activities subject to central policy. Sounds like a Gomben. Sounds like the Gomben essay, doesn't it? Wow, that's scary. Dark Crystal, Star Wars, all of it. It says, and see Brave New it's World in 1984. Yeah, it's like, we, that's what I'm kind of getting at the end of the day. I can't, like, it's fun and entertaining to watch all these discourses, and I think it's helpful, ultimately, for the Akash and our own individual paths, but, like, if we, do, you know, united we stand, divided we fall kind of shit, it's like, you have to be united internally with your chakras, at the very least, all this kind of stuff, your karma, and when you do that, the world that you witness is the one you need to be witnessing so you can just enjoy the ride. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy, necessarily, and Raphael will say that's a belief, but, um, like, we'd sign up. For, you know what I'm saying? Like, if, if, you, if you're if you a dis, dismembered person, that's very much harder to go through the reality than if you're an assembled Megazord. Yeah, you know, and I have to think of, again about just love and the physical, act of physical love. Maybe that's all my Aries and my chart and my, all my Libra, but I go back to that as kind of the transcendent spiritual. Um, anyhow. Uh, yeah, thanks for sharing that, by the way, Raphael. I really appreciate that. That kind of blew my mind, and it's and I have that now. I've been sharing it with other people because it it changes the ground that we that we formerly might have thought we were standing on in terms of the political possibilities. The Gospel of Raphael. I just, I just grabbed it too. I really like it a lot. It's pretty good. The Aeons versus the Archons. And that's the one. choice. Let me find that other one. There's because you sent me two. Let me see. I like I like this one the best, but there was another one that I thought was really good. Well, maybe while he finds that, do we have any kind of parting sentiments? 
another AI is going to be talking again. So of course, these two documents are going to be linked in the description as well. So people can check it out. Really cool. We may even want to do a show just on that chart and have like a group discussion on the different aspects historically and uh, currently and different ideas, different philosophies and where they could range on that particular spectrum. Um, because to me, as Jim says, it really comes down to a choice. Like, do you wish yourself and others uh, to be self-responsible? Do you wish to apply the golden rule? Do you wish to allow yourself and others as much freedom of expression as possible? Or do you choose fear over love and uh, wish for some kind of command and control system where you give up all responsibility? At least to me, the clear distinctions can be made. And uh, again, at least to me, uh, it is not, it is messy in a sense, but there are certain basic ideas, I guess, which we also all share, where uh, clear discrimination can be made, then all it takes is a choice and the application of that choice. And as of course, I see each and every one as supremely self-empowered, truly nothing more than that particular choice. Love or, free, uh, love or fear is all that is required. I would have so, put yeah. Jane. I would have put Jainism somewhere along the side to gnosis there because I think I was wondering where the line for Jane's is because it's like if you don't crush bugs, like but you have like microbes that you kill by accident or like you know that I'm Dude, just life wondering. is hard. Life is really hard to be a Jane. The thing is, what you what it really comes down to is acceptance of the idea that you're destroying millions of Horton hears a who universes at a time just by sneezing or stepping or anything. So you try to limit that impact as much as possible, but Jane's are allowed to eat toenails and, you know, fruit from trees because that ends up proliferating the trees and et cetera. But the, the main thing for me was you have a Swazi on one side. You should have a Swazi on the other side that's backwards to show that they're yes. really part of the same equilibrium and that you the can't continuum. Have, you can't, it's, yeah, and you can't have one without the other. And really it comes down to submission is a choice, but it's also the, the final order of things is to get into an organized system that's like the Siphonus for jellyfish or the military. I mean, like, there's a place where you can, everyone sleeps together and everyone dreams together and everyone runs with each other and it's, you know, it's called the Marines. But they can have trampolines there and they can have long hair and we can change it a little bit, but that's, at the end of the day, it's on both sides of it. So I can just say I'm all for hierarchy, however properly understood as the divine order of self-responsibility and perfect synchronicity. So it's I'm, all depending I'm for, on perspective. I'm for specialization. So I look at the, you know, God's Must Be Crazy documentary, right? Or it's a movie. But you know, a guy gets hit with a bottle of Coca-Cola from a plane and it's in the middle of the African bush. And this guy eats, you know, they live in a tribe that's never heard of good or evil. They, they know snakes have a pointy end, but they're not good or evil. They're, they're you know, like they're so they're just, I mean, there's benefits to things that are good, you know, but they don't think of it that way. And eventually they have to, you know, realize that, everyone's job at the end of the day has to get done. Like she needs to get the water. He needs to pound out the leather. She needs to, you know, he needs to catch the, the, the animal for them to eat. And if none of them, if any one of them thought one of their jobs was more important than the other, then none of them would have the full experience that comes at the end of the day. So specialization is huge. Mushrooms specialize. They have different kinds of cells. So, you know, but they're not hierarchical in the same way that our political body is. We have all of our pol political body in one place, and then maybe actually three or four places. You have gut, um, brain, stem as well, and you have a spinal system. 
But this idea that we're, you know, that there's just one hierarchy that never works. You know, it turns out that the human body actually, the benefit it has is being able to pretend to be separate, right? We're able to look like we don't know everything. So. See, I'm for an apotheosis, resurrection, kind of divine reunification. That's kind of my, my goal. And that's why I like these charts because they've got Gnosticism as a central an important component and i like this notion that we have the divine spark it's kind of central to my worldview actually the divine spark within that we can quicken and work with on a daily basis both for personal um this out of personal necessity and then out of kind of how to deal with the collective struggle so um anyhow it's interesting and i think that's a that would be a really cool topic just to go deep on these charts that sounds like a really fun conversation and necessary to have you know and we'll make sure we don't all interrupt each other next time because that was a shit show at the first half. <laughs> it was like a fucking okay crowd. Ooh, brother! It felt like the Wrestling Foundation was like Hulk Hogan and... and WrestleMania! Yeah, like Savage, like Randy Savage. Like, ooh, you took my world! You took my... It was like pretty funny. I don't yeah, know. Sorry to have to go there, guys. I just couldn't. No, no, I mean, no, no. Q cool. came up great. and I, I waited. It came show. up more. Yeah. Also, but but I, it, fuck it, it, I gotta it's... go there. It's so it's so useful though because it, again it shows the hypnotic reaction. There are booby traps set up so that people can't agree with each other, and it's amazing. They've set it up so well that it's like landmines in our it's thought crimes, you know. And like so, everyone has their side of it, and it's like we're divided against each other over the weirdest things. Because at the end of the day, I kind of know Victor. You know, he he would agree with you on like ninety nine percent of everything. Other than that particular single lexicon that Noam Chomsky would, you know, describe as ideology. <laughs> and that's part of why I was trying to take the stance of like, let's dismantle the thought uh, entities or, uh, you know, what did you call them? Thought forms or thought uh, viruses or whatever. I was trying to dismantle one as opposed to, you know, and I just feel like Q and maybe I'm now falling back into one. But I, my sense is that it is one of those things by design. And it's one of those minds that's been percolated deliberately into the social well, that's, media. That's like a – it's a valuable – it's an invaluable – it's an invaluable opinion. You need it. Like if if someone didn't say that, we'd be in that TV show, The, the Man in High Castle, where everyone's, you know, like either full-on fascist, Excellent Nazis – yeah, the book's great. The TV show is not bad. I would. Say. I liked it. Loved <laughs> I it. I think it's Finish okay. That. But but I would say that humanity, you know, needs to have this kind of discussion. The way I go about it, though, like I had a really messed up, and by that I mean awesome teacher in junior high that did sophist debate, and the way it would work is you'd be told about a subject. The next day or whatever, you'd, you know, be, they'd select the two people to study it. And then the next day you flip a coin for which side you have to defend and which side you have to arbitrate. And that was so messed up because you couldn't choose your own side. You had to like be like a lawyer for this, you know, imagine if you had to defend Q, like what would you do? And it would drive you kind of crazy. So that's a big part of sophism is, that, you know, I think that Victor really should spend more time putting himself in the mind of somebody who was trying to dismantle Q because if he was, you know, it would be very valuable for him. But I think he thinks that at the same time, it's not worth it. And at the same time for you, obviously, like if you had more access to the justice.gov files, or if you had more um, like faith, I guess in the uh, uh, executive orders on human trafficking. I mean, like for me, 
one of the things that tipped me off, I was never a big political person really, but I saw, uh, I like Berman Supreme, but I saw the, um, you know, Bitcoin, uh, market go up and crash during the election. And from my understanding, that was hugely because of, um, human trafficking and the value that was being put on cryptocurrency for persons and children that were being sold. And when I, while I was in Argentina and Chile and Peru and across the borders, uh, around the Amazon, I was a, I was I was a witness in a case that involved the governments of Brazil and Peru um, selling women and children from Venezuela, which I was able to extract from my Pi, a Raspberry Pi that was connected, and I was you know researching this data. So I found some pretty interesting things that correlated to this, and eventually it led me into this community. And of course, a lot of them are pro-Trump and it's you know et cetera. But it's like at the end of the day. I don't think you need to be pro-Trump to just be aware that QAnon is really happening. And it started out that everyone said, oh, it's not real. It's just some internet conspiracy. I don't think we can do that anymore. I think we have to admit at least that there's some sort of a conspiracy that Trump is doing something and there's using this propaganda machine. And yeah. from there, how far we take it, you know, is up to us. But like, we don't have to, you don't have to buy into it just yeah. to acknowledge it. And I think that's, yeah, and I was. We need to start addressing. It. Yeah. What's the purpose of it? And I think that's where we had a different. Absolutely, no. Way, that was where I agreed yeah. with you. I was like, but here's Victor. Listen to this guy. I'm James a trained debater, by the way, and I, I mean, a part of that is you you have a resolution that's presented, so a statement, and be resolved that, and then you've given a side, and you you debate both sides for a long period of the same resolution, and so. The thing about debates, and this is where I think we lost the first part of this call, was that those debates, you have a timer and no one can interrupt and you can present your case and you can present evidence and then the other side gets a chance to respond. And that's a little harder to do on this on, with that kind of quick to the draw call. That's, that's why well, I kind Rafael of could always it. mute people, I guess. <laughs> Oh, I, yeah, I can make it. myself louder and mute everyone else, you know. So it's all Centralization also, technically, of power. If it's, if it's necessary, you know. Raphael, you can be goalie, I guess. Yeah. No, I mean, That's why I just it's... dropped the bomb right away, Xerdis. I just like, listen, I'm going to play devil's advocate, cues a psyop, Mossad. Because it, that's, I needed yeah. that approach for and that, that was, context. Yeah, it became that time. I totally good. agree. <laughs> that's really, totally, yeah. But I, I, I also appreciate that afterwards we were able to like continue on the conversation because if it was just going to be like – Two hours of like, you know. <laughs> like, well, we're allied and you're Axis. Yeah, yeah, infighting is retarded. Yeah, well, anyway, it would, it would, have, been, it would have been kind of a game. Yeah, exactly. So any parting thoughts? I think we should get you all on again. We'll all schedule with you all, do it again, and we'll have more refereeing. Mr. Anderson, Mr. Anderson, James, like that, this has been a pleasure. I really appreciate what you brought. That was really a lot of interesting information. Yeah, likewise, Exertus, and thanks a lot for you know everything. I mean, my parting thoughts: I really want to meditate on the symbol of the hierophant, and as that's because I like we said at the beginning, Jim. I was like, let's just pull some cards and get into the stream that way. And I feel like that kind of has been hovering over this whole call. But this intermediary, what institutions are mediating your reality and my reality, and just meditating on that? Are they useful? Are uh, how are you choosing to consent to that? and to acquiesce and where can you maybe extract your consent and do some of your own mediation without necessarily the need for that institution or enjoy the institution, but know that you can pick and choose those mediators in your life. You have that power. Well said. Uh, yeah, gentlemen, always a pleasure to have you on. It's always fun to go down different rabbit holes, learn, find the others. Please keep on do. Keeping. 
Please do take the time to check out Team Rabbit Hole on Facebook and Advanced Philosophy Memes APM on Facebook because we've got good good size group there. And go, please, if you have time, to look at some of my funny videos on uh, things. I think, James, you should say your link as well. Mine's X-I-R-T-U-S. That's a YouTube at Exertus. And I have some interesting things on the Boogaloo, QAnon, and Tartary Nova, and, you know, a lot of other stuff, really. I just, I only mention that stuff because it doesn't freak me out. NASA yeah, Moon Tapes. SJ, go ahead. It's SJ, and um, you, everybody, you can find me. Twitter is my main hub for social media. I have a, an astrology account there. I always treat about astrology all the time. My YouTube channel just got started. 28 days ago so i'm not going to give out a url yet because my custom url will i have to wait 30 days to get that but sjanderson144.com that's my website you can book an astrology reading with me there uh, that's what i do in my uh you know for uh, that's what my passion and love is and that's what i do so find me there i love to read um and yeah it's been a great to be with you guys um this is a nice this is the by the way the the saturn jupiter conjunction in aquarius this is the great promise that's positive being able to connect with people all over the world instantaneously this is the kind of and the, the implications for human freedom for human human freedom that that brings are is kind of the great promise so well thank you guys nothing left to add team rabbit hole life in action thanks again everyone for joining thank you all for listening yeah that's what's up catch y'all in the now enjoy yourselves follow your dreams i know you're out there i can feel you now i know that you're afraid you're afraid of us you're afraid of change i don't know the future I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice that we Everybody told me to be patient, but who was sleeping from couch to couch and basement to basement? But J Man, Satan trying to block my shine like Ray Bans. Haters never want to see your bubble, they rather to see your struggle. That's life, my nigga. A lot of fakers in the place were invited to taste and told me right to my face, yeah, that's tight, my nigga. You repping that dirty South dog? Alright, my nigga. But they wouldn't lift the finger to light the incense or let the smoke linger. I ain't a hot boy, but the flow's jalapeno. I'm never yapping about how the calico will lean ya. Mac, know your crack soldier creeping on the come up. My grandmother won't leave the fucking projects. I gotta raise the slum up. These nerds at record labels played me dumb and dumber. So I showed the industry my ass cracked like a plumber. Now ass cap banging on my door like a drummer. The fall's about to put a period on the summer. But back to the point, they wanna see me fucked up, kick scuffed up, land back with a joint. They said good things come to those who wait. Well, I don't know about that. 
And if you can't feel this rhyme, then sorry, Jack. You don't know about rap. And if you don't know struggle, you don't know about black. And I don't give a fuck what Bill Cosby said. Cause the problem don't exist when Bill Cosby's dead. And I don't think the revelation from the supreme beings reside in a hiding out in Bill Cosby's head. This is the thoughts of a soldier. And if you don't like it, play dead and roll over. The game is so over. The rain is so over. They call him James What you say I'm just so high Off this guy He's so hot He's so hot Radio Pop Kid